Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. How does that Calaris have like a 10-year career in Canada, but you just go to the NFL and then don't do Fizzle anything? Out. I, don't, I don't get it. Just fizzled out. It, it was. It's just brutal. This is Skyline Chili Cincy 360, about Cincinnati, from Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Skyline Chili. Stop by Skyline Chili for a three-way or cheese coney today. Feeling good? It's Skyline time. This is ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Welcome in. Happy Thursday to the latest edition of Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our friends at Skyline Chili. Austin has chosen war to start today's show. I'm not going to lie to you, Tone. I'm irritable today. Well, I, I thought, I mean, all the work you were putting in, I thought you were putting in work for, for a different show, but clearly it was this show. I, you know, I, I, I am, uh, I'm responsible uh, for several shows. Yeah. Well, the noon to three one is, is right now. Just started. Yep. We're, we're one here. One in. We're here. We had a, uh, just a devastating loss in the city of Cincinnati last night with the Reds. Was it a devastating loss? You know, to see them go out like that you just wish for more and for those players and david bell who's done for more runs for the cubs done so much and they made it you know those two wins that brought it here to cincinnati that made you think they could stave off a hundred losses only to go out in a way yesterday at 15 to 2 at the hands of the cubs yeah first time the reds have lost 100 games in over four decades if at that, least it looks good, like a nice clean sixty-two yeah. and one hundred. If that doesn't make matters worse, the Pirates beat the Cardinals, and since the Pirates own the Reds this year, they own the tiebreaker, meaning the Reds finish in last place. There it is. Uh, now I'm going to try every time between now and March thirtieth, mm. 175 days from now, when opening day is. Any time we mention that the Reds lost a hundred games. We're going to play that right there. Um, and now, as Reds fans, we get to set our sights on Reds Fest, which, as we talked about yesterday, should be very interesting because we've not heard from Mr. Casolini since he told everyone to what, Austin? Uh, they, he just basically said, you know, where else are you going to go? Yeah, where be else are you going to go? what you wish for. I believe at the Finley Market. At the start of the parade, have he spoke. Have some faith in what we're doing. He said, have some, have some faith. It's going to be a good baseball team. They're going to win some games. They won a couple games. They lost a lot more than they won. Mm. 100 losses for the Cincinnati Reds. God bless football. Thank Attendance you, was abysmal. Mm. And, you know, we, we kind of bunched in the fact of attendance yesterday with the Reds and, and kind of Major League Baseball. But if you were to look um, a little deeper, baseball, from a popularity standpoint and an attendance standpoint, has been up across different parts of the 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 viewing U.S. here. The, the revenue is topping pre-pandemic levels, which I don't think a lot of people realize. 
There was a 99-day lockout that delayed the season. Um, Major League Baseball is set to eclipse its 2019 revenue. So the league earned $10.7 billion in the last pre-pandemic season. It is being estimated that the league attendance will finish the season around 95 and 96% of 2019 levels. So where we've said, well, you know, the, the pandemic and the red stink, that's not going on around all of baseball. Numbers are back up. People are coming to the ballpark. No one is coming to the Reds' ballpark. As the attendance numbers continue to plummet, almost laughable at this point. They've almost lost a million fans over the course of a year. A million fans. And what I thought today, Austin, as a special treat for our listeners, we have a minute and a half of David Bell. Oh. So I, I'm going through the audio of the game last night, and I'm looking at uh, what David said after the game because mm. apparently he said something about uh, I didn't I didn't find it, but the Enquirer said something that David Bell said we're getting better in a really weird way. Yeah, so I was searching for that. That's odd. And um, you know, I found the the David Bell after the game yesterday, and when I saved it for us to use today. I realized we haven't played David Bell on this show since spring training. Now, we haven't played him. Sometimes he calls and leaves talkbacks. Right. He leaves talkbacks. But we haven't heard post-game audio from David Bell since spring training. Well, what better time than now to play a minute and a half of what David Bell had to say yesterday? This is really high-quality audio. Let's listen here. Yeah. um, Just continue... the individual improvements. I mean, as in the off season, um, we'll be talking to our players a lot more this year, which we weren't able to do last year. Um, you know, there's off season plans and programs and all that, but really, guys are on their own now for a while. Um, we've kind of set the tone for the importance of the off season, and then we know spring training is going to be, you know, really important for us uh, to get off to a good start. So, um, right now, the focus is having the offseason and that's really important for for our team and any baseball player when it's over you know to, to get away from it and then uh, come back fresh was awarding 100 losses something you guys discussed at any point it doesn't change um, that number you know doesn't change today's game the result of today's game doesn't change I think For inspiring, mm. really, just riveting. The focus now is on the off season, right? Got to get ready for spring training. Let these guys have some time off. They've earned it. Hundred losses—that's a mental and physical grind. It's bad, and it's even worse the way that that it happened and, and the way they went out and things ended yesterday. It's a fitting cap to a terrible season here in Cincinnati. And again, a season in Cincinnati where we've seen the return of Sean Miller. We've seen Wes Miller create all kinds of hype around the program. 
FC Cincinnati vying for the playoffs. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl. The Bearcats went to the college football playoff. And a team last year that competed down the stretch of the season to go to the playoffs just finished up 100 losses. How how can things fall apart that fast? And to essentially no accountability to anything. We've seen none of that. Other happenings around Major League Baseball. Mike Matheny is out as the Kansas City Royals manager. An auction house has offered $2 million for Aaron Judge's home run ball. What's Pujols up to, 703? Something like that. Man. Might as well stick around and try to catch Barry. Incredible at this point. And I believe Aaron Judge lost the AL batting title by the slimmest of margins. He could have played yesterday. He chose not to. You can't blame him for that. That's He's, my skipper, Aaron Boone. You know, yeah, it's the been guy a grind. Out. Yeah. Get some rest for the playoffs, kid. Fair. Okay, I mentioned that the hype. We're going to talk to Justin Williams today, who covers the Bearcats for the Athletic. Uh-huh. Talk about Wes Miller. Um, in two years, two years at UC, Wes Miller has landed two of the top 10 rated players in UC history. It's pretty good. Already. And Rayvon Griffin and Jizzle James. That's not bad. We'll talk to Gizzle. Justin Williams about that. We will talk uh, about UC football and homecoming. And our guy Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus will join us. Huge. At the end of hour number two, to discuss the Bengals, the quarter point of the season, teams grading well, players grading well, the rookies, Lamar Jackson, everything you want to know, we'll ask Sam at the bottom of hour number two. All of that ahead on today's show. We have the Major League Baseball playoffs are set, Austin. They are set now. The American League will see Tampa take on the Cleveland Guardians. The winner of that series will move on to play the Yankees. The winner of the Mariners and Toronto Blue Jays will move on to play the Houston Astros, not, who are the one seed. Not necessarily. So if Tampa beats Cleveland, then they'll swap and play. And they go play Houston. Yes. So Houston plays whoever the, the lowest, highest seed. Yeah, the, the lowest lower remaining seed. seed is. Yes. But if the if the higher seeds win, meaning the better seeds win, they move on to play those teams. Correct. And that is Luis Castillo getting the ball in game one mm-hmm. for the Mariners. That I think is going to be a really fun series. Yes. The Mariners and the Blue Jays. Yes. And uh, Jesse Winker, by the way, put on IR mm. or IL, I guess, for uh, the Mariners. Uh, I think Lance had the tweet, something along the lines of Winker was hitting 213 this year. He had career lows in like four categories. He probably wasn't even going to make the Mariners postseason roster if he was healthy. Which is crazy um, because Suarez was like the toss in with Winker. Yeah. And Suarez yeah. has been fantastic. You think about you know Winker coming off of an all-star season last year. Suarez um, seems to be a, a, scene, a change of scenery has helped him a lot. In the National League, the number one overall seed is the Los Angeles Dodgers. It will be Mets-Padres in the 4-5 matchup. Who you like in that one? Uh, I'll, ta- I'll take the Mets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the 3-6 is St. Louis and Philadelphia. That is going to be a fun series. And then again, if Philly were to win that, they would play the Dodgers, and the winner of the Mets-Padres would play the Braves. I think in the National League, I want the Phillies to win. Yeah, I think that would be – I think they're a team – 
Bryce Harper's back and healthy. I really like Bryce Harper. You got Schwarber. You got Schwarber's uh, fun. You got Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Their bullpen's a mess. Yeah, in Philly, they got some good starting pitching. Great atmosphere in Philadelphia. Whenever you get a chance to play a playoff game there, and then if they were to to at at whatever point play the the uh, the Braves, yes, that would be awesome. Ooh. But I don't think that can happen. Fun, fun to talk playoff baseball. I think I want the Yankees and the Phillies. Okay. I think we're going to get the Astros and the Braves. Okay. Um, you know, here these teams are talking about the postseason, and what did David Bell say? What's their main focus right now? Just the offseason? Yeah. Focus on what we can do in the offseason. Get geared up for Reds Fest. Yeah. Opening day, oh, spring know, training will be right they, around the corner. You know they can't wait for Reds Fest. How many players were out of Cincinnati – Within two hours of the game ending last night. That's a good. That's a good question, right? There. I mean, they couldn't have left here any quicker. And I don't blame them. I mean, baseball season's so damn long. It is. Last time they really got some time off was July, and that even then was like two days. Mm. Baseball's officially done in Cincinnati. But the good part Let that is sink in. we get to watch playoff baseball. Yeah, and not really have to stress about it. Right. You can just watch it and enjoy it. There's a lot to watch this weekend, and I think we talked kind of earlier in the week that the college football landscape right now is very interesting because I think everyone assumes it's the same as each and every year. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. In any any way you want to line those teams up, who's got the clearest shot at number four? Right now, Michigan is ranked number four. They go to Indiana. There's a tough test. Tennessee heads down to LSU to take on the fighting Brian Kellys, who since that week one loss, Austin, have won four in a row. Mm-hmm. They go up against Tennessee, who's ranked eighth in the country. A matchup that no one saw coming, TCU and Kansas, both in the top 20, takes place Saturday. Arkansas needs to find a way to get a big win at Mississippi State. UC's going to trounce South Florida. Utah-UCLA, a top 20 matchup. Kentucky, South Carolina. This line was at 10 and a half, Austin. And Will Levis missed practice yesterday. And this line's at six right now. If you're looking for a nice line that may go back up if Levis plays, UK minus six. Notre Dame, BYU. Texas A&M, Alabama. All of those games I mentioned, which is the most interesting to you? Because as bad as they are, I want to see if A and M can do something with Alabama. That's all. That's the only game I'm really interested in. Is what is, about Michigan State, Ohio State? I mean, yeah, of course I'm going to watch that game. But um, your first road game and your 27 point favorites, yeah. against Michigan State. Listen, I know you don't like to hear this, but Ohio State's good. Mm. Okay, mm. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, they're good. Would you also they're say really their schedule's good. good? I mean, it's not hurting them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what. You, what do you want me to say? You yeah. want me to apologize? I want you to I have ex- nothing I want, to do with it. I want you to expect more out of the Big Ten. I want well, you to 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 get a message out to the Big Ten U- to step it up. Right. And you get Notre Dame here in a couple years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring on the Bearcats when they get bounced out of the Big Twelve. Mm. Anyways, um, LSU Bam- or A uh, and M Bama. Like, yeah. how do you not want to see more than anything fireworks? The the post game handshake. Uh, or lack thereof between Jimbo and Saban. Yeah. Come on now. Um, do you want to take your lap 
because I'll take a lap because yesterday I said UCF is a lock. Yeah. So they're a lock of the night. Yeah. SMU has quit. The football program's probably folding. Mm-hmm. And at halftime, <laughs> SMU led 13 to 10. Mm-hmm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And then it was 31-6 in the second half in favor of UCF, who wins 41-19. to You mentioned that Isaiah Bowser guy. Yeah. A Sydney product, right? Sydney product. Isaiah Bowser, I say he's going to pop off. 15 carries, 62 yards, three tutters. Three tutters on the ground, threw a pass, completed mm. it. Zero yards, but completed a pass. Percentage is up, which 99.6 QBR. He only needs five more passes to, to match your total for completions in the National Football League. Right. A 99.6 QBR, as you just mentioned. Zay Bowser does it all, brother. Mm. The next great blocking running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Really? Isaiah Bowser. He can't be a running back? He's got a block? He's a great pass blocker. I don't know if he's got all the athleticism to be an NFL running back. Okay. But Chris Evans will take over. Joe Mixon will be gone. P. Ryan will be with, like, the Texans or something. I feel like Bowser's been there for a while. Well, he was at Northwestern for a long time. Okay. And the Big Ten had a good career there. Uh, got redshirted, so he had that year plus a COVID year, and uh, he's in grad school right now at UCF. Graduated from Northwestern. He joined the Gus Bus. Smart, smart kid. He wanted to just join the Gus Bus. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? He's averaging three and a half yards per carry this year. Eight touchdowns. Pretty good. Out of Sydney, Ohio. Would you say he's the pride of Sydney, Ohio? Uh, I'd say him, and uh, of course Andre Gordon, Texas A&M basketball product. Now, Sydney, I once Sydney heard, loves basketball. I once heard Gordon football. claim Sydney Lehman. No, it never happened. I thought that's. I mean, he I does have... own them in games against. Mm. But, but no. there's no. You He's have no confirmation Sydney, there. Sydney Lehman guy. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our first break. Let's come back. We got a call tonight. I want to talk about some keys to this Ravens Bengals game. But before any of that, uh, Austin found some Chris Sims audio talking about the Bengals offense. And I'm going to relate that. This was tweeted to us by uh, by one of our listeners, Jake. Jake Money. Well, I'm going to relate that. Did you see the video flying around of um, the folks on NFL Live yesterday where they're talking about under center versus shotgun? Heard about it. And what it's doing to teams and what it's the, the defense is able to capitalize on and how that relates to the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get to all of that. Plus your phone calls, 513-749-1530. Talkbacks in hour number two. Sam Monson, Justin Williams, Mo Egger, all still to come between now and 3 o'clock on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. ESPN 1530. Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes, save up to 25% on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. 
Simmons made their way up to the PA booth and announced their dad. Weiss stretches and deals, and the pitch is hit to deep right, toward the line, near the wall. He did it! Steven Bolt did it! In the last game as an athletic, he floats around the bases with a solo home run to right. His career is now officially complete. What a magical moment for Steven Bolt as he pulls it down the right field line, and he is absolutely mobbed in front of the A's dugout. That is the final game from Steven Vogt, who's with the Athletics this year. His kids announced him with his last plate appearance. He hits a home run in the game. Is there any better way to walk it off? It's pretty damn cool, man. Some are wondering, because this is our Vogue Energy call tonight, had Steven Vogt found Vogue earlier. Vogt Energy? Wait, huh? Could he have continued his career? Mm. It's our Voke Energy call tonight, brought to you by our friends at Voke Energy Chewable Tablets. Available now in your area UDF or visit Voke-Energy.com to learn more. He was a little choked up going to the plate. Yeah, he was. And, you know, shout out to the A's fans out there. You know, I make fun of super fans a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're easy targets. Uh, The A's fans out there in the outfield for a team that does not care about you that plays in a dump of a stadium that's god-awful. They have no interest in winning ever. Um, out there, faces painted, flags waving, yeah. appreciating their love for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, at least you got to see a cool moment like that. Yesterday. I will say that – And you got to see Otani pitch. That was one of the uh, more excited times I've seen a player around the bases. Yeah. That wasn't for like a clinch or a walk-off or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But just genuine – He was hyped. Genuine hype going around that base path. Good for him. Uh, awesome career. I think the Oakland Athletic, that means they have like no one on payroll now since their season's I'm over. I'm fairly certain. I think their payroll is like 35 bucks. Yeah, like they don't have anyone on payroll. They, everyone's gone. Oakland Athletics Radio Network. By the way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, how about Oakland, though? Finish the season with four straight wins. How about that? You know, something to build on. You know, that's Even though be, none of the players are going to build on so it. We're gonna be, there's no building going on in Oakland. Certainly not from a stadium standpoint. You know, that's what they're really going to say going into the playoffs, right? Mm. Or going into the, the offseason. You got big mo on your side. Yeah. You got big momentum yep. going into the offseason. It's going to be just absolutely critical. Switch gears to the NFL. Okay. Uh, the Bengals play in a primetime Sunday night game. Sunday night football. Uh, this is coming off the Thursday night game, which means, and this is a word we've used a ton, they've they got the mini buy. They had the mini buy, and remember during the mini buy, Joe Mixon has had a has had a, a private meeting with the O line. Zach Taylor said, "Don't worry about the O line; they're going to get things fixed with the running game." And we've got all this, and we'll get into our keys of the game here at some point in today's show. But my biggest question coming off on 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 each side of the ball: one is the defense legit, or is the defense just feasted off of really bad quarterbacks? Two, can the offense find a rhythm? On this mini-buy, can the offense find some type of rhythm to get themselves going consistently? That will start with better play calling, with better scheme, with better formations. Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, got together on NFL Live, and they were talking about tendencies of teams – in the gun versus under center. Mm. 
and how in weeks one and two, the Bengals were in under center formations less than 10% of the snaps. And that number's now went up to 25% because they've self-scouted and they've understood that by not going under center, it takes away the ability to keep the defense locked in on the possibility of run, play-action pass, all of the different avenues that you can create in your advantage. So you've seen more under center snaps. Now they've yet to see the success in the running game, but the offense has been way too vanilla. Vanilla to a point where we've questioned if Zach Taylor should be calling plays, and I still think that's a valid question, but more so than anything, can they find a way to get their best playmakers the ball? To not just say, well, we saw Tampa too. To not say, well, they were just going man and double teaming Jamar Chase. There's ways around that. There's things that you can do to make that work. Put them in the slot. Put them in motion. Put them in the bunch. Alleviate the double team. Don't just allow teams to get off the hook by playing two on Jamar Chase and taking him out of the game plan. We've called for it. And we have some audio here from Chris Sims, who has also seen enough when it comes to the lack of creativity on the Cincinnati Bengals' offensive side of the ball. It's just it's frustrating. It's annoying. Uh, as I just said, it's a disservice to the talent they have on the football team, whether that's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They're not given the same advantages that some of the other good receivers or quarterbacks in football get. They're this, just not. Is this different than last year? Uh, it seems it seems even more basic than last year. Or they can't find the rhythm of how they want to attack or the plays they want. To, they're having a hard time adjusting to how they're being played. And then now let's go to this group of plays. Last year I felt like they had a great feel for that. There was games where I'd go, oh, they're not doing very good. Oh, He's got a feel for them here now in the third quarter, and they're just tearing them apart. And that hasn't happened in any game yet so far. So I guess that's where it's different. I never was just blown away by their offensive creativity, but said, hey, they got all the basics, and they execute, and with their talent, they should be good. But when they play a team like this and the Dolphins, who have talent, and then have some game plan-specific you know, everybody just runs straight or everybody just run the slant route is not going to get it done. And everybody just line up where we come out of the huddle against a defense that's very intricate and detailed is not going to get it done. I don't care if you have four Jamar Chases out there. So, yes, I'm frustrated with the Bengals. I gave them a free pass in week one with the Steelers game. Okay, hey, week one, you don't know. Steelers, like I've always said, they disguise. They do some different things. Okay, you know. I gave them a pass in the in the, the Jets game. Just going, well, the Jets, I think the defense is a little better this year. They play, you know, that Seattle three. Sometimes it's hard to create plays, you know what I mean, and figure it out that way, but they got it done. But I was uninspired by the game plan there, too. But I kind of gave it a free pass, and then I watched it this week, and I just went, "Oh my God! I just I can't take it anymore." And let alone, you know, the, the, you're doing nothing to even make the Dolphins think or have to change anything. I mean, nothing. They doubled Chase early on in the football game, almost every play. It wasn't every play, but it was almost every play, right? Then, and then there was no real plan to go to other guys or confuse them. 
And that's where it bothers me. That is Chris Sims talking about the Bengals' offensive woes and their lack of creativity, which is essentially everything that we have been screaming on this show. It has not been good enough to this point the way the Bengals have carried that. It has not been good enough to this point the fact that teams have too easily taken playmakers out of the game. Does the offensive line need time to gel? Sure. What are you doing schematically to help your offense? What are the Bengals doing from a scheme standpoint alone to help themselves? It's an uphill battle. It's, Joe, can you make a play for us? Can you extend a play? T, can you go up in, in, in coverage and make a contested catch? Can we make stuff easier? And in a game on Sunday night where you cannot, without a shadow of a doubt, you cannot go four or five possessions without scoring. You can't have the offensive loss. In a game like that, off a mini-buy, can you get it done? This is a Ravens team that Joe Burrow torched last year. Torched. Almost 1,000 yards passing. 41, 42 in both games. Over 80 points and almost 950 passing yards in two games. Can they get right this week? Or do the offensive struggles continue? And if they do, that magnifies then what's going to be a bigger problem for Zach Taylor going forward. Great work. Two wins in 10 days to get back to 2-2. Two and two. Now you've got to stave off going 0-2 in the division. In a tough environment against a team that's lost five in a row at home, but also a team that is three minutes from being 4-0. It's a tall tale, a tall ask for the Bengals this week. Let's get to our break. Let's come back. Plenty more on the Bengals, plenty more on the NFL, your phone calls. Talkbacks in hour number two. Sam Monson, Justin Williams, Mo Egger, all still to come. Cincy 360, a service of Skyline Chili on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. The new Google Pixel 7 Pro is super. Let's go. Welcome back, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Skyline Chili. Austin, a a quick preview. Your biggest two keys for the Bengals to win Sunday night football are what? Neutralize Lamar Jackson, right? Like, don't let him beat you with your feet. You know, we kind of talked about how I think it was it might it might have been us, it might have been Dave Lapham talking about how Luana Rumo's defense, like they might let the big dog eat, right? Like Tyree Kill has a big game, doesn't get in the end zone. But they're gonna take away everything else that you have. So if if they can prevent Lamar Jackson from running wild on the ground, sure, maybe he completes some passes to Mark Andrews. 
Maybe he gets a deep shot here and there. But if they prevent him from getting those back-breaking runs on a third and long, or if they're able to sack him in those big situations and get the Ravens behind the chains, that I think is going to be huge. I think the offense will do enough to win the game. And for me, it is... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How can the Bengals go deep down the field? We've made a lot about how the Raven secondary is a little bit banged up. Jamar Chase is going up against Marcus Peters for the first time in his career. Didn't face off against one another last year. That's something the Bengals were really good at good at, good at against Baltimore last year was deep shots down the field. Are they able to play action and stretch the field? And and you know, in a way, finding a way to get Jamar Chase involved. It's kind of the the what I'm looking forward to talking to Sam Monson about is, you know, Joe Burrow said in his press conference yesterday that Humphrey and Peters might be the best cornerback duo in the league, mm-hmm. and yet they've been torched as a secondary. Teams have, have thrown the ball all over this team. They're one of the worst in football in defending the pass. So how does that correlate with grades and, and why Baltimore is struggling defensively? And, and to your point, like if you leave that game Sunday night and, and Duvernay and Bateman make a bunch of one-on-one contested catches against Cheeto or against Apple, and you have to tip your cap, that's one thing. But you can't leave that game and say, well, Lamar ran for 110. Right. Mark Andrews caught two touchdowns because you allow that team to do the only thing they can do. Mm-hmm. Get the running game going and find Mark Andrews. And let's say that you do give up a big play. How do you stiffen up in the red zone? Right. I mean, think about that, that um, situation Thursday night. Tyreek Hill had 160 yards receiving. 65 of them came on a tip pass. He just was in the right spot. And they were down on the red zone, and they were able to hold on, and it wasn't too bad. Like those sorts of situations, don't let it snowball. And I, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. But I, this, even, but even to your point, like there was no one on that Tyreek Hill catch that was like, "Oh man, that's terrible from Cheeto." Right. Sometimes those guys on the other side of the bar paid money too. Mm-hmm. So if Duvernay does something like that, tip your cap. But you can't have Mark Andrews running for you. You can't have Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. in open space against players. Because I do think that these are two good football teams. Both have their flaws. Both have had struggles at the start of the season. But again, this is a Ravens team that at times has played like the best team in football. We have not said that about the Bengals yet. It's been sloppy. It's been, let's get a win and find out how to get out of here. They did that against the Jets. They did it against the Dolphins when they were on their heels. And then Von Bell comes up with that late interception. Can you just make it... And and it's very hard to do a four-quarter game in the NFL. But can you be more consistent? Can you stop the big plays? Can you put pressure on Baltimore's defense? Can you do anything in the running game? Let's not forget, this is probably a, a showdown between two of the better or best kickers in football. Justin Tucker and Evan McPherson. Do you think Evan McPherson comes out and watches Nelly at halftime? 
Uh, you know, I think somebody tried to ask him about that the other day. They're pretty buttoned up, serious about that. Okay. No, not going to happen. All right. Uh, Clark Harris might make the trip yeah, just to do that. Just to see that. Yeah. But you do. You, we get Justin Tucker, and we get Evan McPherson. We get Lamar versus Joe Burrow. We get two really good secondaries right now, at least in the, the corner spot. But this isn't the, the vaunted Ravens defense of years past. This isn't the, the front seven that, that's going to strike fear and, and just completely get after you. There are vulnerability and holes in this defense. I mean, they're still pretty good. They are. They're still pretty good. And, you know, her, you heard Jamison Hensley with, with you earlier this week talking about how, you know, defensively the Ravens have to um, get at Joe Burrow. And he thought what, what I found interesting is he said he might expect them to blitz a little bit more frequently than they have in the past. And if you think back to the Miami game, they were blitzing more than any defense in the NFL, and then all of a sudden Thursday night rolls around and they're not blitzing very much at all. So yeah. the the to the roundabout point that we're, we've been talking about is the way teams are defending the Bengals and how the Bengals aren't adjusting to that. I don't expect Baltimore to blitz a lot. Why should they? They don't need to. And Teams so, have to blitz if they're getting gassed in the running game. Right, exactly. And so now, if the Bengals can't get that running game going, it's going to be a lot of what we've seen so far through the first four weeks. Which is what we don't want to see. Short, quick passes, because, and a deep shot here and there. Because the first four weeks have produced what? Way too many quick possessions, defense back out there. Mm -hmm. And the defense, because they're good, and because they have played Trubisky, Rush, Flacco and Bridgewater have been able to go get those stops. Can you count on the? I, I hope the defense holds the, holds the Ravens to ten or to thirteen, but you can't keep tempting fire here if you're the Bengals with this inconsistency on offense. You've had more time to prepare. You've had more wrinkles to put in. You've had more time to address the run game. I would expect those scripted plays to still be really good for the Bengals. But you want to talk about a team that's that's hungry, that feels that that they're better than the two and two record shows. Baltimore can't wait to get back on this field. Yeah, and again at home, a place where they've lost five consecutive games. Yes, I mean so a lot of it is going in the opposite direction of the Bengals mm -hmm. to be completely. And the Ravens honest. have to be the that that means they have to be the aggressor. Mm -hmm. It means they have to say it's it's a can't lose mentality, which means the Bengals have to match that on the road which is not always easy. Let's get to a break. Let's come back. Plenty more on the Bengals. Phone calls still all to come. Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of Skyline Chili. ESPN 1530. Uh, nine top 25 Welcome back, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Hey, uh, real quick, we we do need to give a uh, a shout out, Austin, to what Sam Hubbard's got going on as well. Hubbard's covered on the heel uh, on the heels of of Joe Burrow and and giving back and helping out. Sam Hubbard um, this week started Hubbard's Cupboards. He's providing educational and nutritional needs as they arise to local students. Yesterday, they visited the uh, Mount Healthy High School, and basically what it's done, it's created a room at these schools 
where kids can go and get school supplies, they can get healthy snacks uh, when needed. And these rooms can just be replenished. And uh, it's just, one, it's, it's, it's awesome when athletes use their platform to do well and to do good. It's even better when they use that platform and they make an impact locally. And that's both what Sam Hubbard and Joe Burrow are, are doing here in, in this city. So that's really, really cool to see what they've got going on. Hubbard's cupboards. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I thought at the start of Hour 2 today, we can, uh, on the heels of yesterday, kind of recapping the, the quarter point of the season. Sure. I thought maybe we could do some early season awards. Who would your MVP be right now? What would your offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year? What would your coach of the year? What would that look like if it's just a four-game sample size? Wow. thought we could do that at the top of hour number two. Okay. We've got some NFL games of note this weekend. Like what? Like what? I'm kidding. How about Thursday night football? Tonight. No Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah. That's not going to stop Matt Ryan and the boys from heading to Denver. What's the over-under on that Let's game? ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Big for uh, for Russell Wilson tonight. Minus three over unders 42. 42? <laughs> Hammer the under. How about 29 and 11? What's that number do for you? 29 and 11 Russ- is Russell Wilson's all time record on primetime. Do you know the Bengals' primetime record under Zach Taylor? Better than that. It is not better than that. It's three and two. <laughs> there it is. How about that? That's a winning record. That is, that is a, a winning, winning record. record in primetime, but plenty more games for this weekend to get to. Um, we'll talk more about the Thursday night football game. You see Kentucky and Gonzaga? Man, do you see Kentucky's schedule? I haven't. The The non-conference schedule? It's pretty tough. Man, go pull it up. Kentucky and the Zags, or yeah, Kentucky and the Zags, a six-game series until 2027 starts uh, – at Gonzaga in 2022. Which one of those teams falls off first? At Rupp in 2023, in Seattle in 2024, in Nashville in 2025, oh. at Rupp in 2026, and 2027, wherever the McCarthy Athletic Center is. Sure. Um, John Calipari earlier this week tweeted out their uh, their schedule. I don't have it in front of me, but they play as they do each and every year, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like they don't. Do, they don't mess around. No, they they schedule. They don't. They don't have an Ohio State football schedule. See, I'm I'm glad that you can at least say that, dude. You know, I mean, you know me, bro. You keep it 100. I'm I'm always 100. If always. Find this. UK basketball. We'll take a. What if we just take a break, mm. and then we come back and we'll touch briefly on that. I guess and then we could we'll do give that. our awards. Remember, they got Oscar Sheepway. Player of the year. I got to give an award last night to my wife. Great anniversary dinner. How about that? I mean, what a night from start to finish. All right. You want to you want to talk about what this city has to offer? Alcove. Nice little spot. Farm to table. Oh man, there's a place called Alcove in Sydney. Yeah. Um, went oh. to uh, went to Rheingeist, but not for beer. Oh. Because they were putting on a, a series called Candlelight. All right. They're in 90 cities across the U.S., this candlelight place. So you're telling me you went to Rheingeist and didn't have a beer? Nope. Wow. Did you play um, cornhole up there? No, I went for a show. It's a all candlelight. Right. They Come turn on. all the lights off. They put like a 1,000 candles out there, and a quartet comes out, and they play themed oh, songs quartet. for the night. Last night was a tribute to Queen. Oh, neat. 
No words, just instruments. So that's, you were trying to tell Meredith, you're my queen at the yeah, university? Uh, sure. Well, you know, there, there's a lot. There's like an Adele one. There oh. is, uh, there's a Halloween one. There's a Coldplay, but there's a Taylor Swift one. Would love to see Coldplay. But you, you have to do that on, on kind of the night. You know, our, sure. our anniversary is not tonight. It was last night. It was the only one in town. We had to see Queen. All right. Went over, got my hair, got my hair cut, got a little beard trim. Good for the night. I feel, like a new man a today. I feel like a new man today. Okay. I don't know if I want to break yet. We have to. I want to let this ride. We gotta, let's ride. There's what do we have in hour number two? Well, in hour number two, Tone, we, we're going to do our, our quarter of the mark, quarter way awards. Yep. Um, and then we're going to do talkbacks. And then after that, Sam Monson. Man. Followed by Justin Williams. Are you, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. We have all that still to come. Is we Mo Egger coming today? Uh, we're running through walls with snot bug- bubbles. The Eggman is Let's here. Let's go. Yeah. Cincy 360, ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Skyline Chili. Five top ten matchups. If you're going by Joe Lenardi's way too early bracketology, mm. which does have Kentucky as a one seed because they're nasty. Well, that is true. They have uh, Houston as a one seed. Right. Xavier is a seven. Ooh. Ohio State is a 10. I don't see the Bearcats in the current field for Joe Lenardi. I wouldn't mind a little 7-10 Ohio State-Xavier matchup. Yeah. Come on with it, baby. The the Zags, the number one overall seed, they're on the schedule for Kentucky. Listen to some of these out-of-conference games. Sure. Uh, Michigan State, Gonzaga. That's pretty good. Michigan. Pretty good. UCLA, Louisville. That's not a bad out-of-conference slate. It's not bad at all. That's some good teams. SEC play. Okay, Coach Cal. Mm-hmm. Remember, they got Oscar Sheboy coming back. Now, listen to this. They've got uh, C.J. Frederick healthy this year. Listen to this out-of-conference yeah. schedule. Yeah. Robert Morris. Oh. Charleston Southern. Oh. Eastern Illinois. Oh. San Diego State. Oh. UC or Arizona. Hopefully not UC. Duke. Whoa. St. Francis. Okay. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah, raise up. Maine. Hmm. Alabama A&M. Alabama. That's Ohio State's out of yeah. conference. <laughs> Sounds a lot like their football schedule. And the good thing is Robert Morris, Charleston Southern, Eastern Illinois, those are all in Columbus. Y'all, you man, know, I'm, I, w- I hope we play the Bearcats You so really bad. don't. November 22nd. You said that would that, be a fun time for the show. You said that last year, and then they went to the Cintas Center and got trounced by Xavier. Yeah, they did. I got a game ball from that. Yeah. I mean, that was embarrassing. They're still being looked for. By and now you're, you're talking about you want them, them in a 7-10? You couldn't even beat them on a, on, a, on a night where you were favored to win? Listen, we're not here to talk about last season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you're, I'm starting to sound like the Reds. Yeah. You remember that year? Remember that year in 90? Yeah. They went wire to wire. Uh-huh. From the very first time. First I mean, game to last game. You know game. they didn't start that season at home. Oh. There was a strike. Oh. Wow. Do you know the last time uh, that the the Reds lost 101, what happened in football that year? Uh, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl? That's right. Yeah. So maybe, you know, we, we've talked a lot. We hear from our guy Richard all the time. That's Would actually you... not true. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Actually, it's the same thing happened. The Bengals played in the Super Bowl in January of 82, mm. and then the Reds lost 100 the following summer. Because what I'm thinking is – And then this year, in February of 22 – the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and the Reds lost 100 the following summer. Well, what I'm trying to think is, is you know, as our guy Richard always tells us, would you be willing to give your your leg for Joe Burrow? I asked myself, would you give your life for Joe Burrow? 
because he gave his like for you. Right. It's good seeing uh, Richard the other night. Now, that's a big question, but Richard came to the game. have the Reds sacrificed winning so that the Bengals can win? Mm. Are the Reds giving up their life in this city for Joe Burrow? <laughs> Some would say they have. Bob Castellini has, has sacrificed his franchise so that Mike Brown may thrive. How long can it, we get away with not going and talking about the Reds Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Going forward. Outside of what you, you mentioned yesterday, we're going we're gonna to ask Charlie each Friday yeah. to give us a, a prospect to really watch. Yeah. And see, that, I, think for the Reds. That, I think that's how we're going to get him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like we can just get some random kid. Might be like 17 out of Venezuela mm. and see what Charlie knows about him. But outside of that, I don't. I don't venture us spending much time. Maybe the the Thursday before Reds Fest. Well, what's going to happen? Is, you know, if all things go well, we'll broadcast live from Reds Fest. Oh, um, what's going to happen is there's going to be some moves, right? Like there's going to be an adjustment to the to the coaching staff. Somebody's going to get traded. Yeah. This kid's going to ha- come off of Tommy John surgery, so on and so forth. So there will be little sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip nuggets mm. on the Reds all off season. But, but, but. Other than that, not a whole lot. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot going on here in the land of the Reds. I have already seen a couple of players, you know, uh, posting, you know, thank you, Cincinnati. You know, oh. A lot of fun memories here this year. As in a, they're, they're, little, they think they're air, gone? little airplane emoji oh. <laughs> heading out of town. I will say, from a player I mean, standpoint. You spend all summer somewhere warm, from you a, just enjoy the cold for a second? From a player standpoint, though. Yeah, there's no better feeling than what those Reds fan, what those Reds felt last night. Man, just walking away and knowing you got some time off. Mm-hmm. Mm. We've got some some time. We've got to get to a break now. We got some time off over the next six minutes for this break. Six minutes. We're going to come back with talkbacks. Sorry, everybody. Now, see what we're no, we're doing this for our listeners mm-hmm. because we're getting to break now, so we can have ample time to get in talkbacks before we have to get in Sam Monson from right. Pro Football Focus at the end of the hour. And then Justin Williams. So if you want to get a talk back in, now's the time. This break is six minutes long. Get your talkbacks in. Now. Cincy 360, a service of rides on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Get ready for a Sunday night show at ESPN1530.com. It's that time for talkbacks. Yeah. Press the microphone and record your message. For Austin and Tone, please keep it clean and don't be mean. Add a sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. It's that time for talkbacks. It's our favorite part of Cincy 360. Austin, buddy, play that talkback on your screen and please try not to sabotage it. Mm-hmm. Audi. Great job on those football and the natty reads. Oh, oh. I can really tell you're working on the inflection of your voice. Thank you. You're doing a great job. OH. IO. Can you give us one? How about that? Can you give that us a, a nice Can uh, you give us a demo read? A demo read? Yeah. Of my football yes. and the natties? Yes. Um I don't know if Let I Let me just hear the inflection. 
I don't, I don't know if send I, it to the next talk back with the infliction. Well, here's here's what one sounded like, you know, this morning. Going into Baltimore on Sunday night That's football you? this week mm-hmm. will require wow. another big performance from Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. Mm. So far this season, Burrow is completing 64% of his passes mm. for just under 1100 yards, eight touchdowns and four picks. Wow. Tony, your thoughts? I can't believe that's you. <laughs> there he is. Come What's on. Up, Cincy Whoa. 360, Kevin and Northern Kentucky. I thought that was Rocky. Sending you a talk back from Angel Ridge. Let's get right to it. Mm. As you can hear, the eye of the tiger playing in the background. I'm sending out a challenge to QB1, Mr. Joe Burrow, to get back that eye of the tiger and quit looking shook. Go mm. out there and show up and show out Sunday mm. night. Be like Cobra Kai. Strike first, strike hard. Mm. No mercy. Put him in a body bag, Joey. Yeah. Who day? I like that. Oh, that's good that. energy there. Challenging QB1. Yeah, last night was a little bit of a rough one. <laughs> Unfortunately, we dug ourselves a hole we couldn't climb out of. Kind of like the entire season. Mm. As you can tell in my voice, I'm pretty upset about it. <laughs> I do want to say thank you to all the fans that stuck with us. Yeah. It's very inspirational. We're looking forward to next year. Yeah. And just remember... It's not about waiting for the storm to pass, but it's about learning to dance in the rain. Yeah. Mm. I've got my galoshes on, my raincoat, <laughs> and I'm playing Gene Kelly. <laughs> you think that's what Dave told the guys on the way out yesterday? Had to be. Had Something to be. Something like that, right? Unbelievable. Hey there, my name's Jason Bateman. I'm an actor, best known for the movie Teen Wolf Two. Love your show. Hey, out here in Hollywood, everyone's talking about Joe Mixon, and yeah, I do think he has a tell. If you watch him closely, he typically will taunt the other team and say stuff like, this is a run play, fools. I'm going this way. Try and stop me. So to me, that's kind of a tell. What do you guys think? Jason, first of all, thanks for listening. Huge fan of your work. Teen Wolf 2? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I thought it was a tell, but Austin, you broke down the all twenty two. No, I you haven't. Think? I haven't. Well, we need watched... to get our video out this week. I know we got to do that. We got to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Oops. We'll know then. We'll tell you then, Jason. Fans, mark your calendars for December second and join us for Reds Fest at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> Come celebrate the Reds' second worst season of all time. To celebrate the 100 losses, the first 100 lucky fans will receive a commemorative red dumpster fire bobblehead <laughs> presented by Rumpke. Hootay and Go Big Blue. Oh, that Man. was very good. Very well done. Very good. RIP 2022 Reds. I will remember you. Will you remember me? From where you're going to go to losing number 100. Way to go, Castellinis. Mm. Wow. Man. That was touching. That was. Howdy, boys. Hey. It's the cowboy, Jeff Brentley. He's off. Congrats to my friends on 100 pulses and last place in the Central. With the season officially over, it's fall and pumpkin smashed everything at the Brantleys. Start one, sit one, cut one. Pumpkin beers, pumpkin pies, pumpkin hash creams. <laughs> I'm starting pumpkin pie. Uh, I hate pies. Oh, of course. You so do. I will uh, cut pies. 
I'll sit the ice cream and I'll start the beer. Okay. I'll I'll sit the beer and cut the ice cream. Hello, this is Talkback President Ronald Reagan, and, well, a very disappointing season is in the books for the Reds. But I remind you that it was during my first term as president that the Reds set the franchise record for most losses in a season. However, a few short years later, they were perennial second-place finishers, and only a couple years after I left office, they won the World Series. So keep your eyes on the future, stay positive, and go Reds. There it is. Perennial second-place finishers. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i should have went the other night man i i don't get out much i'm gonna have a talk with loud talk back guy see if i can straighten him out isn't that him (laughs) i really liked uh ronald reagan's second talk back tuesday Mm. i thought that was 30 seconds of some artistic next (laughs) generational radio Mm. Loud talk back guy just speak about himself in third person. I think he went third person on us. Fine. You don't expect What's that. Up, What's up, Tom? It's talk back Mike here. What's you guys up, Mike? Killing it as usual. It's that time of the week, though. How are you guys' fantasy football teams looking? Oh, How did you do last oh, week? Who did you pick up on the waiver wire yesterday? Ooh. And who's been the biggest disappointment on your team so far? Ooh. For me, got to be Kyle Pitts and everybody on the LA Rams office not named Cup. Also, if me and Johnny get this podcast going, can I get a commitment from one of you guys to be one of our first guests? Mm. It would really mean a lot. Appreciate you guys. Who day? Austin? I'm more than happy to go on the show. I'd be more than happy. In my four leagues, I'm four and zero oh in one, two one and one in another, two and two in one, and three and one in one. I'm cheeks and all mine like Kyle Pitts. Mm. Um, it's you kind of got to know, right? Kyle Pitts, though, he had one touchdown last year. It's just I was expecting so much more. It has been a terrible start. Jonathan Taylor is doing nothing for me. Right. When your best players don't show up, I, I one league I had Dak and Stafford as my quarterbacks. Dumpster fire. Mm. Um, I have Stafford in one. I was able to pick up on the waiver wire last week. Trevor Lawrence. It's all. It's just not been great. I've also I've lost some tough games. Mm. I'm scoring points. I'm just giving up way too many. My defense needs to get fixed. And at this point, my defense has been offensive. I also have Russell Wilson tonight. Mm. And you know, looking at the other quarterbacks, I'm considering Ryan Tannehill? Question mark. No, no. <laughs> the the. They don't have a running game right now in Denver, and the Chiefs or the uh, the Colts defense is like 26th. You're good. Let that ride. I hope so. Hello, this is Dr. Brown with the Proactive Men's Medical Center with a public apology to any man's wife whose husband may have been a client of ours. It was not my intention to cause your husband to have a heart attack or to cause you any pain or discomfort during your 90-plus minute session. Mm. But after I thought about it, I said, damn, 90 minutes is a long time, and I'm sorry for that. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Hey, it's Willie. Serious question for you Uh boys. I was wondering if you thought maybe the Bengals had placed a little too much on Jamar's plate Mm. due to the fact that he's only a second-year player. What do you think? I don't think so. Maybe his production has dropped a little bit in the first quarter of the season. I'd like to know. Who I mean, let's, let's face it. His production is down because he's seeing more double teams right. than imaginable. I don't know if it's the Bengals putting too much on his plate as much as it's the opposition putting too much on his plate. Yeah, I do think that the Bengals can alleviate some of that, but he's he's going through it right now. 
on Sunday, on Sunday, Joe Mixon going to have a chance to back up what he say, posting all this vitriol on Twitter, chiding the fans, calling team meetings. Well, how about this, Mix? Do something better than 20 carries for 44 <laughs> yards. That's like a natron mean stat without the touchdown. Come on, Skip. Come on. Thank you, Shannon. Hey, Tone. Hey, Austin. This is Frank the Tank from NKY. Hey, Frank. Not a UC fan, but Thanks, Frank. I like the signings that Wes Miller's got, especially the new one. Jizzle, jizzle, drip, drip. Whoa. You guys have a good day. Whoa. Okay. Mm. Wait till Badunga gets here. Oh, boy. You got all kinds hey, of stuff. Tony, hey, Austin. TJ up here in Eaton. What up, TJ? Do you think maybe the offense is mediocre because they're just saving the plays until maybe we know the offensive line starts mm. gelling way better? I mean, why give all the good plays away early in the season? What do you think? Who did? Got to win no, games. I'm not buying into that you one. Got to win the football games. I don't buy into that in. one. Got to use that stuff. I got to get back to the first page here. Give me just a second here, Big Tone. Hey, this is God from the Ben. Hey, God. Been gone for a couple of days. You all right? Just wondering about Johnny from Mount Healthy. Has he sobered up Benny yet? <laughs> Getting worried about him. Listen. Hang in there, Johnny. <laughs> when God starts worried about you. Yeah. And maybe we should worry about Johnny. He's He's been on a bender. He cussed on the show earlier this week. Yeah. Um, you know, when he came to the ballpark on Tuesday, Jeff and Virginia said, no Vogue for you. No, he was dumping them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you, God. Tone. Little gerbil buddy. <laughs> Question. Is Chris Sims, Johnny Moon, and Johnny Moon, Chris Sims? God, Ooh. no. It sure sounded like it. Never seen those two in the room together. But Chris Sims is definitely one of the top ten basketball players from his high school. Chris Sims is a much better looking individual, mm. much smarter, probably a much better athlete, much better all around. Yeah, as a person. Mm. Hey Tony, it's Talkback Matters guy. And, oh well, hopefully I get on today because your judge and jury, Mister Aldi, always cuts me off. I don't You're know here. why. This what do you is got? A talk program. What do you got? I'm feeling like. That's the reason why I don't get I get cut off. I'm well, we're 15 seconds in, and he has still not said anything other than complain. Let's listen to the last 15 seconds. No, I'm well liked by everybody. I know I was in your top 10 callers. I'm not a president, but I will tell you. He lied. He wasn't in anybody's top 10. If the Bengal, if Baltimore doesn't win, I'll never call back again. It's Baltimore's day. There you go. Yeah, all these brother, Tony's good friend. Hey, brother. And I take exception to something you said at the beginning of the show about okay. a feller playing college ball. He's thrown more passes than Tony completed in yep. his <laughs> NFL career. Now, why you want to bring that up? What's that got to do with anything? That's a <laughs> shot at Tony there. You work with him every day. Yeah. Now, come on, Aldi. Mm-hmm. Be better than that. All right, Thank brother. You. Go Bearcats. Yeah, go Bearcats. I was, you know, that's constru- constructive criticism yeah. from brother. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you, brother. He did it in the right way. You UC fans, you're just too much with this. Oh, two top ten. They're number eight and nine. Okay, relax. Oh, boy. If they're not getting top ten recruits, then you don't want them as your coach. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's a Debbie Downer there. Might want to get a little something for that chair squeaking. Yep. Was that squeak? Happy Friday, E. TP 15. Jeremy? Rocky might be in my number one this week. Shout out. So Seattle, Mariners. Good luck to the playoff. Right? Yes. Ooh, that baby. 
Go Bearcats. Mm. Love the show. Thank you. That's a good one right there. sweet. By the way, shout out another former Red, current Seattle Mariner, Kurt Casale. Had a child over the weekend, Cade Casale. Whoa. Shout out to the Casale family. Also, Jizzle James is just the second coming of Dwan Odom. Here we go. A guy that's athletic but can't shoot. The second coming of what? He's one of the most premier scorers in the class. What? I'm not. This is what I want. This is what I want more of. Xavier fans, leave talkbacks, call in, let us know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to hear your voice. Yeah. Hey, Tone. How about a UC UK home and home? Man. Go Cats. Man, I'd be so in on that. The Cats don't have the guts. Wildcats. Which Cats? I can't say. Mm. Hey, this is Jacob. Uh, the president encouraged us to call in our own voice. Oh. I'm usually uh, Earl from the Tater Hole. Whoa! Um, I am excited about the uh, West Miller era, and I think it may be the best era coming since Bob Huggins. Yeah. How about that? Can you explain next time, Jacob or Earl or Tater Hole? What's going on in there? What exactly is Earl from the Tater Hole? Mm. Sensor 360. Let's rads. <laughs> Cowboys in the offseason. That might be dangerous I for might us. Gonna say, I'm going to save that one. We might use that. Hey, Joe Mixon here. I just want to keep it 100. Uh-oh. I keep hearing you guys. That's a loud talkback. Or that's Talkback Matters guy. Whoa. I'm fairly certain something would have ended up being offensive or perhaps racist coming there. So we're just not going to put that out. Hey guys, it's Rides J. Hey, Happy Rides. Thursday to you. Uh, just wanted to call in real quick. Um, appreciated seeing all the photos on Twitter from the ball game the other night. Really sorry I wasn't able to head out. Um, the Reds did lose a hundred, so I wanted to get your thoughts. I know we don't talk much about the Reds, but how do you think Reds Fest is going to go? Do you think people are even going to attend? Thanks. Yes, because there's going to be enough fans that are going to want to go because they're going to do something with the 90 team or they're going to bring back a reunion or something like that Mm -hmm. to generate some buzz. Yeah, there'll be people seeking autographs Mm -hmm. like there always are. Um, But I'm interested to see what the actual turnout is considering everything we know about the lack of enthusiasm. But two months going by before that will be beneficial for the Reds. I heard this morning that you can – apply for the Wisconsin head coaching job on their website, just like any other job at the university. So if you were to apply mm. and get the job, what kind of coaching staff would you have? Your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coach. What kind? Well, let's start with human beings. Well, I would, I would get aggressive coaches mm. aggressive because I want – Havoc on defense. Give me, give me three coaches right now. I don't probably Steve Pike. Steve, Steve Pike. Okay, yep. what's Steve calling? Uh, they call Broken Arrow. 
Send everybody. No, so he's defensive coordinator. D coordinator. All right, who's your special teams coach? Uh, special team. Well, oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, special teams coach. I'd have my brother on staff, Devin. Okay. Because Devin he played was a, a lot of special teams. special teams standout at Wake Forest. He's okay. got all kinds of stuff. He's going to be aggressive. We're going right. to do a lot of fakes. Sure. Offensive coordinator, probably Brian McEwen. Okay. My first quarterback coach. All right. J- uh, just a brilliant offensive mind. Sure. Still can break down the game to this day. Mm-hmm. He's been studying it for years now. I think right. he's ready to make a comeback. Yeah. And then I am overseeing everything. Right. With well, my you're the head coach. With my mansion in Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. If, you know? for, if I'm building a staff right now, uh, I'm going to go with my guy right here. Quarterback one is my offensive coordinator, wow. Tony Pike. Wow. Uh, special team side of things, we've been talking about this for a long time. He's one of the great minds in football out of Sydney High School. Damian Duff, currently at Southern Miss. He would be my special teams coordinator. And then my cousin Josh oh. knows more about football than anybody I've ever met, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. He's aggressive. He uh, he tightens up. He squeezes the Shout middle. Shout out, cousin Josh. I'll tell you what, Josh Elmore, currently defensive coordinator for Sydney, uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, one of those two. Great, great coach, and uh, he needs to be on the varsity I knew, staff. I knew uh, when I was playing that the most stressful part of every week for me was blitz pickup. Mm. I want madness on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Because our offense is going to score a ton of points anyway. <laughs> Be aggressive. Uh, who would Tony, I, You Tony, need to get back coach, too. Uh, I got Tiny Stockton. He was our get back coach in high school. All right. Tiny's a great man. I would probably have Johnny Moon. Oh, really? As a get back coach. Yeah, he would be good at that. Or Johnny from Mount Healthy. Who would be your DOFO? Mm. For those who don't know, DOFO is Director of Football Operations. Man, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would probably. Probably set my wife as that. Okay. Just to keep things operating I was in a thinking, timely manner. Well, we obviously are both going to have Mo Egger as a director of Common Sense. Yes, he's already got a job. Right? Um, and then I, I was probably going to go from a DOFO standpoint, um, Aaron Hanlon, sales guy. Yeah. He would be great at oh, that. Oh, sharp. And sharp. Uh, Rocky Boyman's going to coach linebackers. For okay. Us. Fair. Tony, Audie, what up, boys? Mavs and seven. We're finally out of our misery with the Reds. Feels good, man. On to Sunday night. Joey Burr. <laughs> Joe Mixon. <laughs> Jamar Chase. Gonna have a big night. <laughs> Bengals. 38. Ravens. 24. You know, Austin, we can finally say that the red season ended just as the MAF season ended <laughs> with a loss. Yeah. Hey, Tony. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin here. Oh, Miami what? Dolphins. You talk about your receivers. What? You talk about your quarterback. What? You talk about your defense. What? You talk about your coaches. What? Well, Austin 360, so I just whipped that ass. What? Thank you. Hey, it's the elephant, man. Haven't talked to you, Tony, since oh, the last time the Reds... Lost 20 games in a row. That was ugly. And uh, it's a lot uglier now, 80 games later. But I want to thank them for me not being the ugliest thing in Cincinnati. Mm. Thank you, Houdang. Yes. Hey, Tony and Austin, it's Jeff and Lex. Just wanted to say how much I enjoyed 3 2 1 night at GABP the other night celebrating my eve of my 64th Whoa. birthday Whoa. and also hanging around long enough to see the Reds come back there in the bottom of the ninth you wouldn't know and about win that. it 
in the bottom of the night. What a perfect evening. Mm. Thanks, guys. Look yeah. forward to seeing you next year at GABP. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff, thank you for those uh, bourbon-soaked uh, walnuts. Yes. Oh, man, those were awesome. Hey, Tony, this is Skeeter. <laughs> Just wondering who you think's going to last longer. Where's Dope? Dave Pollitt or Jonah Williams? I hope they both last a long time. Dave Pollock? What do you think? David Pollock only He's played done. two David games. David Pollock's out already, so I would say David Pollock. Yeah. I hope they both last long and turn things around. But Hey, Tony. Hey, Austin. This is Joshua from The Mound. The Mound. My Bengals awards for the first quarter of the season. My MVP is going to be Joseph Lee Burrow. Really? My defensive MVP is going to be DJ Reader, hmm. run stopper, grave digger. And then my offensive MVP is going to be T. Higgins because without him, I don't know where we would be. Right. Thanks, guys. Who day? Appreciate that. Go Buckeyes. Go well, Bucks, no, babe. No, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Yep, yep, yep. He Tony, Austin. Hey, it's Eric from Burlington. I got two things for you today. One, I still haven't heard a good reason why we can't mix up the running game a little bit more. Same. Uh, and get some other running backs besides Mixon in there. Yep. Like every other team in the NFL does. Yes. Uh, the other thing is. When, like, the zebra comes in and guests produce when Audie's out of town, what do they think of this segment? Uh, they don't know what to think of this segment. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot had some laughs. I think he appreciates it. I haven't seen the zebra in a while. Yeah, I'm starting Hope to worry about okay. him. Hey, guys. Ken from the Lux. Hey, Ken. As the self-proclaimed number one fan of the Reds on Talkbacks, I can <laughs> say thank God. Baseball season is over. Now on to football and college basketball. Thanks, Tony, for admitting that Kentucky is a basketball school. Yes. Who day and go Big Blue. Love that energy from you, Ken. Love it, Ken. This is Russian President Vladimir Putin calling. Uh-oh. First of all, I want Uh-oh. to talk about Bengals' offensive line. Oh, no. Remind me very much so of Russian military. Enemy come straight through. Secondly, I have a message for Tuckbeck's president, Ronald Reagan. Uh Many years ago, you tell my people to tear down the wall. Mm. I don't Uh like this one. We put the wall back up. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Uh Uh-oh, we've got drama. Hey, fellas, Chris and Alexandria here. Hey, Tony, I just wanted you to know that I have your back. There's two types of people in this world, those that have had small children and those that have not. Mm. Don't worry about that old Irish exit. Anything uh, after 6 p.m. at my house is meltdown watch. I wasn't even able to make it to the game. Then you have to deal with the dreaded car nap. You're trying to get them home so you can get them to bed and they fall asleep in the car and you just know when you get home, they're going to be up. Ugh. Good for you for showing up at all, buddy. Thank you, Crit. He just skyrocketed to the top of my rankings. Listen, Wilder is a well-behaved young man. He's a, a lovely child. Chris, he doesn't act the way Tony is saying he this. acted. Chris's stock is going Wilder up. Pike. I don't think he threw a meltdown. I think Dad wanted to mm. get out of there. Meltdown city. Yeah, all we did share a good friend, brother. Hey, brother. And I called in earlier about complaining a little bit about Tony, about mm. talk about Tony. Mm-hmm. I respect you, Aldi, and I, I think you do a wonderful job. Oh, he's trying to get back in the graces. But anyway, I just want to say, uh, good job, Aldi. Mm. Didn't mean to do that, but <laughs> go Bearcats anyway. Go Bearcats. <laughs> well, you know, brother, it's when you hold me accountable, that makes me a better producer. Mm. Makes me a better person. And you did it nicely. You didn't take shots at me. You didn't call me names like countless others do on this program. And that's why, brother, when, when the talkback 
power rankings came out, first <laughs> one, you were number one, and that's the big part. All right, that's a bad one. We have time for one more. We got to go, and uh, this is right here. Tony Austin, it's Johnny oh, from man. Mount Healthy, and uh, this beautiful Thursday after the Reds have now lost a, a hundred. Uh, man, Reds losing a hundred. Well, I'm going to test this out. Uh, Reds lost a hundred last night. Austin, are you still playing that dumb organ thing? Because the Reds lost a hundred last night. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny, from Mount Healthy. Thanks to all the talkbackers. we got to get to a break. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus on the other end when we get back to finish off our number two, Cincy 360, a service of our good friends at Rides. Welcome back, Cincy 360, right here on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Rides. Each and every week we have the opportunity now to talk pro football focus as it relates to the National Football League, and so many times we – we talk about the grading scale in PFF, and we kind of leave it at that. I want to get a little more in-depth uh, with Pro Football Focus and a man by the name of Sam Monson, who uh, is the lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. You can also hear him on the NFL, uh, the uh, Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. He's joining us now, as he does each and every Thursday. Sam, what's going on? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Look, we are... We're kind of at the uh, the quarterway point of the season uh, for the regular season. Four games in. Um, let's start with kind of a, an overall look at the NFL because it's kind of a time you can regroup, look what's ahead. From what you guys have seen on your grading scale, who have been some of the top performers throughout the National Football League thus far? Yeah, it's pretty easy. The Eagles are amazing and everybody else is 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Kind of how the, the league has broken down so far. Um, yeah, Philadelphia, I think, obviously, is one of the stories of the league so far. Not just the team overall, how they're 4-0 and they look like a true contender, but Jalen Hurts has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league through the first four weeks. And that was, I think, their single biggest question heading into the season was, you know, everything they've done in the offseason looks great, but it's not going to matter if Jalen Hurts doesn't take this big step forward and show that he can hang with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at least through the first uh, four weeks of the season, he's done absolutely that. Uh, a lot of people here in Cincinnati with a, a rooted interest in knowing some of the rookies across the NFL, especially Sauce Gardner. Bengals fans got to see him up close, but for you, uh, who have been some of those top rookies through the first four weeks of their NFL regular season? Yeah, I think Sauce Gardner looks fantastic. I think he's going to be a, a top-level corner sooner rather than later. I think he's already playing at a very high level, and it won't take much for him to ascend into that, that next group. All of the wide receivers, pretty much without exception, are playing extremely well right away. They're, they're hitting the ground running again, and that's a, a trend that's sort of been happening in the last few years in the NFL. Obviously, Jamar Chase is a, a great example of that himself. But the entire group of first-rounders this year all look good. You can go deeper into the draft as well, find guys like George Pickens, uh, second-rounder for the, the Steelers, looks great as well. So I think that is going to be a, a continuing trend in the NFL, that these young receivers are able to just step in and play right. at an extremely high level right away. We've seen one of the biggest question marks for the Bengals this year has been the offensive line. I know you guys have you know, kind of going through each week your rankings of the offensive lines in the NFL at Pro Football Focus. Is there a correlation between the teams that are playing the best and those teams that also have some of the best offensive lines in football? 
There is a correlation, but it's not, you know, it's not an extremely tight one. There's some teams that have good offensive lines that, that aren't as good. Um, there are some teams that are getting by without a good offensive line. But I think generally, if you have a very weak offensive line, it's a big thing to try and overcome. Um, I think it's even more strong with certain offenses. The Rams are a really interesting one where you can draw a very distinct line between the quality of their offensive line under Sean McVay basically how many games they're going to win. You know, when the worst offensive line they've had under McVay was 2019, which was the year they went 9-7 and seven and weren't really in contention in, or for any kind of postseason honors. That's the kind of standard that their offensive line is playing at this season. So I think that's a big concern for the Rams going forward, and it's not getting any easier this week right. when they have to face Dallas and Micah Parsons. For the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the first two weeks were a disaster. Joe Burrow was getting sacked at such a high rate. The sack numbers have come down the last few weeks. What about the grading scale for the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? Has there been improvement there? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, the, the sack totals have come down, but the offensive line is still giving up a lot of pressure. I think it's a difficult situation because Joe Burrow is not necessarily going to help that. He's the kind of quarterback that will probably invite more pressure than a lot of other quarterbacks, which isn't necessarily a negative thing in and of itself. It's not you know, necessarily a flaw in Joe Burrow's game. There are quarterbacks that just skew in that style of playing the game. Aaron Rodgers has always been one. It doesn't mean that you know, Aaron Rodgers can't be the greatest quarterback in the league when he's playing at his best. And I think we saw last year, the same thing is true with Joe Burrow. Even if he's going to invite pressure, he can still play at an extremely high level. But it means his offensive line will always be stressed a little bit more right. than other offensive lines in the NFL. And when they're up against elite players like T.J. Watt or Micah Parsons, they're definitely overmatched. But I think what we've seen since then is they're still kind of overmatched against units that don't have superstar players like that. And that's, I think, starting to become the real worry is that the three players that they brought in in terms of free agency and, and once Lyle Collins was released by Dallas, those were supposed to represent three pretty clear upgrades on this offensive line. And it hasn't necessarily been the case so far through the, the first month of the season. So it's not quite panic stations, but I do think that they're, that group is not yet living up to the kind of upgrade that they were supposed to be. I think there's a lot of people in Cincinnati that would agree that Joe Burrow hasn't been at his best but there's not a level of concern around Joe Burrow. The big concern right now, and you talk about the offensive line play, it puts a lot more pressure on the offensive line when the running game can't find a way to get going. They're giving Joe Mixon a ton of touches. He's got the second most touches in the National Football League, uh, but 2.7 yards per carry. Is there a legit reason to be concerned for Bengals fans as it relates to Joe Mixon in this running game? 
Yeah, I mean, those two things are obviously connected. You know, the offensive line is not opening up the kind of holes that Joe Mixon needs to succeed, and, and therefore Joe Mixon is not able to kind of establish the run and make that as big a threat as it, it needs to be to help the offensive line out in other areas. And then the other element that's playing into this is I think the Bengals' offense is one of the most predictable in the NFL in terms of tendencies and in terms of signaling what they're doing pre-snap. And teams know now that when the Bengals line up under center, it's probably a run. When they line up in the shotgun, it's almost never going to be a run. And, you know, there are teams in the NFL that do a much, much better job of mixing that up and creating at least a degree of uncertainty post-snap in a way that the Bengals just don't. And if they were, if they had a ton of talent on the offensive line, if they were so good that they could afford to tip that and still out-execute, that would be one thing but they're not, they're not as good. They're not good enough to be able to do that. So they need to start taking advantage of the, the low hanging fruit in terms of scheme to, to not make their own lives more difficult. Sam Monson, uh, pro football focus lead NFL analyst for pro football focus. Let's look at the Bengals opponent this weekend, uh, Sunday night football, Baltimore Ravens, a team who for 61 games in a row, when holding a 17-point lead under John Harbaugh, won those games. They've lost two of those already this year. They've lost five straight at home, but it's not because of play at quarterback. From a grading standpoint, uh, from just a a film standpoint, what have you seen from Lamar Jackson this year? I think Lamar has has looked very good this year, Um, arguably in the same kind of realm as he was in that MVP season where he was the the unanimous MVP and the the first sort of glimpse of – what Lamar at the peak of his powers can do. He's an incredible, unique rushing threat. That's still the foundation piece to what that entire offense is built on. Not necessarily his production, but the threat to a defense that he brings on every single play and how that changes how a defense has to defend him. Um, I think the Bills are a kind of unique defense in terms of being able to match up with that um, without doing anything uh, in, in particular. They're they just have a, a ton of talent. They have the best pass rush in the NFL with four guys. Uh, they don't need to blitz to generate pressure. The secondary is, uh, it, it makes life difficult. It takes away the explosive play just by a matter of course. That's their the default option. And then their linebackers are good and they have speed, range. They're, they've got the kind of athleticism to match up or at least have a shot at matching up with Lamar Jackson. So I think the Bills' defense is about as difficult as it's going to get for Baltimore, but Lamar's showing that he is still a singular, uh, unique weapon in today's NFL. Is there any weapons that have stepped up more so for him? I know that's always the question around Lamar. Really no one to throw to outside of Mark Andrews. Is there anyone that has emerged through at least four games as the possibility of a, of a wide receiver threat for this Ravens team? Yeah, I think they're always going to kind of battle against that. Um, Rashad Bateman, the, the former first-round pick, he's their, their sort of number one target in terms of wide receivers. He hasn't had a great start to the season, but I think he's a solid option and, a, and an all-around type of receiver. He's the, the most likely guy to get those targets. But I, the way that this offense functions, I don't think they necessarily need their number one guy to be a wide receiver. It was a little like – the 49ers a few years ago before Debo Samuel burst on the scene, the question was always, well, who's the number one receiver on the 49ers? And the answer was, well, it's George Kittle. Right. It's just not a wide receiver. And I think that's true for the Ravens as well. They're fine if Mark Andrews is their, their primary threat as a receiver. But the point you're making is a good one. They do need 
another option. You know, they need a guy like Bateman to be more consistent and show that he can at least be a secondary threat just enough to keep defenses honest. Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, four quarterbacks that this Bengals defense has played and played really well against. It's, it's been statistically one of the best defenses in the leagues. Um, how much of that is based on who you're playing and how much of that is based on the Bengals defense improving a ton from the last couple of years? It's a great point. Um, the way that the NFL works these days, a huge amount of defensive success and production is a product of who you're facing, particularly with the quarterbacks. Um, and look, I think this Bengals defense is a good unit. We saw them in training camp when they went up against the Rams in those joint scrimmages, and they gave that Rams offense more than enough problems during the, those two couple of days. I think it will be a very good unit, but it's impossible to overstate how important it is that they face that run of quarterbacks, and it's only going to get more difficult from that point on. So I think we're going to get a better gauge of just how good this Bengals defense is when they're facing a better caliber of quarterback guy that can actually um, attack areas that the others wouldn't. For the Ravens defense, um, Joe Burrow said it's it's arguably the best set of corners in the league. Their numbers throughout the, the start of this season haven't really reflected that. This has been a pass defense that has struggled. Is this a week, and we saw it last year twice with Joe Burrow against this Baltimore Ravens team, is this a week where the Bengals passing game could have a chance to get right against this secondary? Yeah, I think it could. He He's probably right in terms of Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are probably as good as any duo in the league as a tandem. Those guys are excellent. Um, Marlon Humphrey's given up a passer rating of 40 into his coverage this season. Marcus Peters is a little bit worse because he's given up a touchdown in there. But the problem with defense and with coverage is it's a weak link system, and you need more than two guys now. Um, so, you know, their third corner is Jalen Armour Davis, and he's got a, a very weak PFF grade. He's given up a passer rating of almost a hundred, uh, almost a perfect passer rating. He's given up a, a rating of 155. So right now, there's an obvious area to target, um, and we saw that when they played Miami. Armour Davis was was the victim of at least one of those big plays late in the game that, that swung it. So you need, yeah, the issue is you need more than a duo of corners these days, and. That's, I think, where Baltimore's problems are coming. They've got two really strong corners, and then they have other weaknesses in the back seven that can be attacked. Awesome stuff, Sam Monson. Before I let you go, Sunday night football, um, what are some of the matchups? What are some of the keys as it relates to the Bengals or the Ravens pulling this win out? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big thing is always going to be um, – you know, how much that Bengals offensive line is able to hold up. Baltimore brings another interesting defense to the table. Again, they don't have a superstar pass rusher, but they've got a good group, and they're adding to it with guys like Jason Pierre-Paul coming over. Um, and what we saw last week, I think, is, is an interesting element for the Bengals, which is the offensive line can give up quite a lot of pressure, and Joe Burrow can still play well. A big part of it is how severe – the pressure is. And when you're going up against guys like Michael Parsons and TJ Watt, the pressure isn't just, it, it isn't, there isn't just a lot of pressure. It's coming immediately. And when you get immediate pressure on the quarterback, there's basically nothing he can do, but if you're going to get pressure and it's going to take a little bit of time and the offensive line can hang in there just long enough. I think Joe Burrow has shown that he can still play as well as any quarterback in the NFL under pressure, particularly when you have guys that they can target in the Ravens secondary. So to me, I think that's the big key is 
you know, can that Ravens pass rush, the, the diverse group of rushes that they have, can they get enough pressure or enough severe and impactful pressure on Burrow to knock him off his game? Or is this going to be another one of those games where Burrow's under pressure, he's going to deal with it a lot, but he's going to make plays and he's going to find guys like Jamar Chase deep down the field? Awesome stuff. He is the, uh, the co-host of the Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. He's the lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson. Sam, what is the easiest way for, uh, for listeners to get more involved with everything you guys got going on at, at Pro Football Focus or uh, with everything you have going on, on on your social media? Yeah, well, obviously you'll find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. PFF.com is, is where everything is on the website. We have an app now, the PFF app which is a great thing to download, get the content, and also see a, a lot of our tools on, on a mobile device as well. Sam, I appreciate your time as always. I look forward to it next week. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. Yes, sir. That is Sam Monson covering uh, the NFL for Pro Football Focus, which is based here in Cincinnati. Some great insight as to uh, this Bengals team through four weeks and looking ahead to this Sunday night clash with the Baltimore Ravens. That does it for clash. hour number two. Yes, like, it's a clash. I like that. It's, it's a, a clash. clash. You know that one promo we run calls it a slobber knocker. A slobber knocker. Mm. That's it. We're done for hour number two. Wow. And I could think of no better way to start number uh, three than with Justin Williams because mm. it's been a heck of a week for the Cincinnati Bearcats from a basketball standpoint. There's still a lot Jizzle. going on there. We've got to get more on that. We've got to look ahead to homecoming on Saturday. We'll do that all when we come back with Justin Williams covering the Cincinnati Bearcats for The Athletic right here on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Rides. Welcome back. Hour number three, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our good friends at Cincy Shirts. No better way to kick off hour number three than really what's been one of the driving storylines all week, and that's been what's going on with the Cincinnati Bearcats, not just homecoming on Saturday, but what Wes Miller's got going on in the basketball program. Let's spend more time on the Bearcats. Let's do so with the man that covers the Bearcats for the athletic. Justin Williams joins us right now. Justin, what's up? Not much. How are you, Tony? You know, this just gets thrown into that, that category again of you never get any downtime. Even in, even in football season where, you know, maybe the players get an off day, maybe there's a day. Now with what Wes Miller's creating at the University of Cincinnati, it, it truly keeps you busy 365 days a year. It's true. You know, he, he's talked about, like, the, the program, you know, being much farther along at this point and entering his second season than they were, you know, when he joined last offseason. And you can certainly feel that. You know, from what we've seen, a little bit of the of the current team on the floor, but obviously what they have kind of going on uh, on the recruiting front too. The uh, the impact the player that the Bearcats are getting in Jizzle James is what? I think you're getting like an old school Bearcat type player. You know, that's I talked to his uh, AU coach, um, who, who's a Cincinnati native, Stephen Reese, and you know he he knows those Huggins teams well, and he says that that Jizzle James fits that, and you know it, it's kind of funny because we're talking about. It's Edron James Jr. That, that's yes. who this is. Yeah, people who know Edron James, like Hall of Fame running back. You know, it's it's his kid. And, and trust me, when you see him and when Luke Fickle sees him, he's gonna maybe think about like, <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe you want to be a, a two sport athlete here at Cincinnati because he's kind of got some of his dad's you know frame, but he's really lanky. Um, he, he's a point guard that can you know play both both ends of the floor, offensive defense, get to the rim, but but press on defense, which is what Wes Miller wants. And I think he has kind of that Bearcat toughness that Wes Miller's trying to, to, to bring back, and, and I think fans are going to really enjoy. 
outside of, of the Jizzle James announcement, there's been a lot of momentum gaining for Flory Bedunga, um, who's a 2024, but I, is, he, is he trying to reclassify? Is he going to reclassify? And, and how close are the, the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, to Flory Bedunga in, in making a decision as well? Yeah, so he he's a, he's a five star in the 2024 class. He could potentially reclassify to 2023. You know, we don't know yet. Um, and and either way, no matter what year he's playing, trust me, Cincinnati would love to have him. Right. Um. You know, he's one of the best you know prospects in the country. And and yeah, that picked up a little steam because uh, Cincinnati hired Drew Adams to an associate AD position this week. Officially announced it this week. Drew Adams. You know, we're getting really inside basketball here, but right. uh, Drew Adams has some ties to the AAU program in Indiana that Flory plays for. All I know, you know, from talking to people is like, this is not a done deal by, by any means, whether he plays in 23 or 24, it's not like it's wrapped up going to the Bearcats, but you know, look, they, they've been in on some of these big name guys. We've talked about Isaiah Collier and, and Aaronton page, add Flory Bedunga to that list that it's someone West Miller in this program has done a really good job on. They're in as good a position as anybody, you know, they're going to have to kind of get to that point where, where they do land him. But, you know, we've seen what they did with Jizzle James. And, and I think for a fan base, it's exciting to, to kind of be in it and be a top candidate for some right. of these guys, Florida the Dunga included. Uh, Collier and Page, those are the other two that have been talked about a ton. Um, has there been any other... Um, I guess leans is, is does it feel like that you see is in the running of both of these guys still as well too? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think so. I would expect, you know, from what I've heard from talking to Arrington Page, some of his high school coaches, I think he'll probably make a commitment decision sometime here in the next week or two at most. That was kind of the original timeline. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Cincinnati and USC. He visited USC a week after coming in for the that Indiana game a couple of weeks ago here at Cincinnati. It seems like those are the two front runners. Uh, and, and Isaiah Collier mentioned that he's going to announce his decision on November 16th. So a little bit more than a month away from him making that. You know, I, I don't think uh, either one has made a decision, or at least they haven't kind of put that out there because I think Cincinnati still feels like they're in the running for it and in a good spot, uh, but it's certainly not done on either one of those. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, especially if Paige makes that decision first, where he goes and then maybe how that impacts what Collier does about a month later. We've talked so much about 2023. You've had a chance to watch this team practice for this upcoming season. What have you seen from the Bearcats to this point? And, and is it is it fair to, to put an expectation of, Hey, there, there should be an expectation to make the NCAA tournament with this team, or where do you stand on that? Yeah, look, they're a lot. I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. They're they're a lot deeper. They're a lot longer. They're a lot more athletic. They're going to be able to play more in that style that Wes Miller wants to. And you know, that's a product of a couple things. 
bringing in some of the freshmen he recruited, bringing in some of the transfers he brought in, but then also just developing some of those guys from his first season. You, you know, it, it takes a little while for coaches to get their system and their culture in, and, and we're getting closer to that with Wes Miller. So I think that's going to be reflected on the floor. I think they're going to be better. I think outside of Houston, uh, who's going to be really good again, it, it should be a pretty wide open, you know, AAC conference. I think they could be in contention for that second spot. I think putting the expectation – to be an NCAA tournament team might be a little too much on them, but I don't think it's unfair to say that they could be an NCAA tournament team. Honestly, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how they play in Maui when they go out there. Yep. They're going to have some tough matchups, but if you win a couple of those games, those are going to be, you know, they're going to look good on the resume come the end of the year. And then the problem we saw last year is, you know, they kind of started strong and then they just ran out of steam. So no matter how well they play, you know, in Maui or to start the year, I just they're going to have to be a little bit stronger and better towards the end of the season. But, yeah, you know, if, if you rack up 20-plus wins and maybe get a couple good non-conference early, I don't think it's outside uh, the question that this could be an NCAA tournament team. Justin Williams covering the Bearcats for the Athletic. And while basketball has a ton of momentum right now, the football team – has gotten themselves back into the top 25, and they do so by going on the road to Tulsa, registering 11 quarterback sacks, 15 tackles for loss. Look, this defense lost a ton, and I don't think anyone expects this defense to come in and be better than last year, and I'm not saying they are, but the biggest question was how do you replace so many guys and still be an effective defense? I think at this point through the season, the Bearcats have answered that on the defensive side. How are they getting it done defensively? Yeah, it's it's really impressive how much, if you kind of look at the stats, how much they're keeping pace with the group last year. And you're right, they're not as good as that, that unit. But what they've been able to do is, while they lost so many key pieces, especially in that secondary, they've been so good in kind of the front six or seven, the way they play. And, and you saw that with getting 11 sacks uh, against Tulsa. But just, you know, the, the, they're limiting run games for the most part against opposing teams. And they're helping out that maybe more inexperienced fresh face secondary by getting after the quarterback and hurrying up some of those throws or forcing them into bad throws. You know, we saw Deshaun Pace get a pick six uh, in the first drive on Saturday against Tulsa. The quarterback's like falling to the ground, makes a terrible throw right into Deshaun Pace's arms. He runs it in for a touchdown. You know, that that's created by your pass rush. Right. And so I think what we're seeing is a unit that, yeah, you lose two All-Americans at cornerback, you lose the second-round pick, and Brian Cook is safety. But if you can get after the quarterback, uh, which they've been able to do, then you can help out your entire defense behind you. And I think the way they've played up front, defensive line, linebacker, it's really helped them, again, not quite get to the same level as last year, but be pretty darn impressively close. I don't feel like it could be a Bearcat football conversation, even though we do it every week without talking about Ivan Pace, because I'm just waiting for – him to take a step back, and he just gets better and better and better every single game. You mentioned the the pressure put on to get Deshaun the interception. That was put on by Ivan, and it was a four-man mm-hmm. rush against a six-man protection. So it, I, I know the, the front has a lot to do with, with letting Ivan run free, but I, I, I'm hard-pressed to find a linebacker at the college level that has made much of an impact both inside the tackles and sideline to sideline and in the backfield as what Ivan Pace is doing. No, you're totally right. He he's leads the country in tackles for loss. He's second in sacks, uh, and, and he's just a force on every play. You know, now part of it's how good he's playing, but I've written about him a little bit. It's almost hard to watch them on defense and not just key in on what Ivan Pace is doing every play. And I'm sure opposing offensive coordinators are thinking the same thing when, when they go on film because 
you know, yeah, they're doing some different things with, you know, blitzing him and different stunts, but a lot of it is just him, you know, sheer force of will getting into the backfield, reading the play, tackling running backs, sacking quarterbacks. And, you know, it's kind of funny because we talk so much about all that stuff and it's like, if you look at him at the next level, well, maybe he can't cover like an NFL linebacker. One of the biggest plays that game Saturday was him, yeah. you know, knocking a ball away in the back of the end zone to, to force a turnover on downs. So, like, what he's doing on, on this defense, yeah, he has a lot of help, and there's a lot of good players there, but it's kind of unbelievable the impacts he's having week in and week out. What's the next step offensively? Because they have established Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker as legitimate bona fide deep threats. We've seen Nick Martyr. Uh, against Tulsa, the running game with Kiner McClellan gets going, and yet there there seems to be just some inconsistencies offensively. And you think the more the receivers do, the more it's going to open up the running game, but what can they do or what are they aiming to do to just find that balance and maybe a little more consistency offensively? Yeah, I'm actually writing about this for tomorrow, Friday. I talked to Gino Gadouli this week, uh, and like before I could even get my question out about maybe why has it stalled a little bit in the second half the past two weeks. He said third down. They're four for 24 on third down over the last three halves. So going back to that second half against yeah. Indiana. And and he kind of went through it, especially at Tulsa. It's little things like, all right, you know, we get a penalty here or we you know had a bad play call a sack on second down, kind of putting themselves in a lot of third long situations. And so for him, it was like, it's not this like big major adjustment that needs to be made. It's just a few times a game we need to execute better here. We need to make a smarter decision here so we're not putting ourselves in third and 11 or, or third and 10 or something like that. And, you know, I, I, I think the encouraging thing if you're a Cincinnati fan is like, it's not like they haven't had moments where they are playing well. Right. You know, they put up 38 points in the first half against Indiana, so you know they can do it. It's just kind of one of those things of, all right, maybe don't take your foot off the gas so much if you got a little bit of a lead. Or or maybe don't always try and hit the big play. You know, Gino talked about sometimes, you know, Ben Bryant just has to take those free access or, or dump down throws, even though he knows there might be a chance for, for a deep shot. Uh, and so I think it's, it's, it's little things like that. And, and, you know, I think teams are stacking the box, not necessarily to stop the run, but trying to take away tight end Josh Wiley, Leonard yeah. Taylor, trying to take away the quick stuff to Trey Tucker. And sometimes that works out with a deep shot to Tyler Scott, but I think you also need to find ways, whether it's RPOs or, again, some of those free access plays, to kind of loosen up so you don't have those safeties and linebackers crowding into the middle of the field. Yeah, I keep waiting for the tight end game. We've seen the receivers have massive games. We've seen great games from the running game. I'm still waiting on that from the tight end unit. Um, lastly, because on, on Coach Fickle, I, I've watched how he's run this program since he's been there day one and, and the practices and the recruiting and everything about this team and making it a top 25 um, organization, a top 25 program, not a team, and yet I can't put my hand on why this team continues to be riddled with penalties because it goes against everything that I see when I watch how Coach Fickle runs this program. Is there anything that you can put your hand on to say, yeah, this could be an issue, this could be a reason, because you don't want it to get to a point where a bad penalty does cost this team a win down the road. You're right. It's kind of like the weird outlier of this team. And to me, I think the fact that they've been so penalty-plagued under Fickle and yet have continued to have so much success, I do think that you you have to point to like, Part of it is how aggressive they play. Sure, you know that they play a lot of man coverage. That they're you know playing through the whistle. You're going sideline to sideline, and so that means you're going to have some roughing the passer. You're going to have some you know pass interference. And I think there is some truth to the fact that like 
if you pull some of that away, yeah, you get less penalties, but you probably also get less turnovers and, and less, less tackles for loss and less blocked punts and, and things like that. So I, I do think part of it is like you have to take the trade off of the aggressiveness with some, with some penalties. But I also just think sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's lack of concentration when you got the pre-snap stuff. And we've seen in the past, like, you know, all right, Lorenz Metz might have struggled with it. And so th- then there was pretty much a year where, where he didn't play a ton and, and he seemed to get better at it. I am curious if, like, we're going to see some of these guys who are having the free snap penalties that, if they don't get in there as much. Um, but but in terms of, the you know, playing through the whistle stuff, I think it's just, like, reminding them, don't change the player that you are, but you have to be smart with it. Like, you don't want to lose your aggressiveness when that guy's – putting his foot out of bounds and, and running there, don't then launch yourself at him. So it, I think it is a little bit of a fine line, but I also think if you, you know, if you're talking to fans or even talking to coach Fickle, like you're going to take the wins with the penalties as opposed to vice versa. Homecoming Saturday, Nippert stadium, two thirty against South Florida, a, a weird South Florida season because they, they have played BYU. They've lost to Louisville and East Carolina, but they go to the swamp and just lose 31, 28 against Florida. What do the Bearcats need to do Saturday to make sure they take care of business and get a win? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a classic, like, trap game, right? Because they have the bye game after that. Then you go on a two-game road trip against SMU and UCF. you got to make sure that, you know, Cincinnati's not looking ahead and looking past South Florida. But I also think it's just one of those games where if they come out and, and execute, I mean, their level of talent um, and, and experience is just well beyond what, what South Florida should be able to handle. So you're playing at home, come out and take care of business, and, and it really shouldn't be a, too tough to pull out a victory and then get a little bit of a, a break after the week off. Love it. Justin Williams covering the Cincinnati Bearcats for The Athletic at Williams underscore Justin. Follow him on social media. Subscribe to everything he's got going on with The Athletic. Justin, I appreciate your time. I look forward to talking again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. Yes, sir. Justin Williams of The Athletic for the Cincinnati Bearcats. we got to get to a break. Plenty more still to come here in hour number three. And Mo Egger will stop by in studio to chat with us today. All still to come, Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station, a service of our friends at Cincy Shirts. Hey, it's Mo Egger. Your place to talk Bengals is with me this afternoon, starting at 3.05 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincy 360 is back on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Welcome back, Cincy 360. Ah, Tony's ah. plugging his headphones in. There you go. Had to go down the hall for a quick hit. Man, I've been on. I've been everywhere today. Austin Elmore with Tony Pike. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Brought to you by our friends at Cincy Shirts. Mm-hmm. By the way, over the break, got a text from Cincy Shirts. He said, "Hey, it's been a while since we saw you at Hyde Park. Here's thirty percent off." Whoa! Who else does that? That's Cincy Shirts. I'll baby. tell you why you got that because they're working on a new shirt design. No, it better not be. They got a lot of great shirt designs. That one you got on right now is pretty popular. Yeah, so let me ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Because our guy Joe Frederick gives me crap every time he sees me and want to wear this. Joe Frederick, Notre Dame legend. He says, you're too old for that. No. He says, you're too old for that. I said, what do you mean? He said, you were a quarterback. You don't wear another quarterback on your shirt. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't necessarily agree, agree with Joe there. Okay. I mean. So you, you think this shirt's fire? I think you, I mean, we've talked in the past about how, you know, your style is that of more of a younger person. And that's more of a younger person's shirt. Mm. Um, and also, you know, we just had this conversation earlier this week about how old would you be if you didn't know. You, you are darn right. And you just can't let that old man in. Can't leave it a 
Let it go for a second then. All right, you're gonna do this. He's knocking on my door. Mm. I knew all of my life that someday it would end. Mm. Get up and go outside. Get on up. Don't let the old man in. Thank you. Now, if you dressed like, you know, some of the older folks around here, mm -hmm. it'd be a different story. Thank you. But uh, I think Joe Frederick is incorrect. Thank you. It's like our guy Yid. Yid hates it when people wear jerseys. Mm. Like Yid, calm down. No, dude. I'm not a jersey guy. Just calm down. I, I He's draw like, the you're line wearing there. another man's jersey. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Mm. You know, athletes bring happiness to people. I I could agree with Except that. Except Kirk Cousins. He brings Kirk anger Cousins. and despair to Taron That guy stinks. Uh, let's talk real quick, uh, something we've teased for the whole show now, and now we're, you know, we got Mo Egger coming in a few minutes. So the let's Eggman. do uh, let's do the early season awards. Uh, we're a quarter way through. Mm -hmm. Let's talk some of these players. In your opinion, let's start offensive rookie of the year. Through this point of the season, who are you giving it to? I can't even think of a rookie off the top of my head. Really? Who's been good? I think of I can think of two that you should know. Yeah. Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Garrett good. Wilson. Garrett Wilson, very good. Those would probably be the two on the top of my list for yeah. offensive rookie of the year. So we're we're gonna be in agreement on defense being Sauce Gardner, right? Yes, but but the more I look at it, the more that defensive one is closer than what I think you would I guess I'll be a homer and pick Olave for offense. Okay. Because defensively Devin Lloyd's been awesome for the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. uh, Tariq Woolen, cornerback for the Seahawks, has been great. Yeah, got Aiden Hutchinson up there. You got Trayvon no, Walker no, no, up no, there. No, 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 no. We're not as Derek much as, Stingley Jr. As much as Aiden Hutchinson might be a nice guy, we mm. are not going to at any point, at any time on this show, promote him or yeah. say he's doing a good job. But yes, for me, it's Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner on defense. I'll take Olave on offense. And I guess off, you could put Damian Pierce up there offensively. Damian Pierce too. has been very good for Houston. All right. Uh, coach of the year to this point, it's got to be Sirianni, right? Uh, I was thinking Sirianni. Um... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anybody else? Mike really, McDaniel? Really stands out. Mike McDaniel. I what think, he's done early on? Mike McDaniel has a, a say there. How about Kevin O'Connell? Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Yes. I'm I it's Sirianni. Be good. What about Robert Sala? Sure. I mean, what about, uh, Brian what about Dable? Dayball? Yeah. He's going with the Giants. Speaking Are we of the Giants, anything here? Speaking of the Giants, is uh, is Barkley right now the comeback player? Probably so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or McCaffrey. I mean, they both. Yeah, but I think Barkley's Barkley at the more. moment. Um, as of right now, yeah, in the NFL, yeah, defensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Hmm. I'll go first, please. It's on a on a defense right now that's going to shatter records if they continue at this pace. It's Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a beast. What San Francisco's done, and it's not yeah. even been close. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know, dude. I'm, okay. I'm trying to think of players. Okay. 
I gave you a couple minutes to do this. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I did. I was saying I gave you a oh, couple. Oh, yeah. Just you keep know. going. I'll think of somebody. Okay. Offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year for me right now is probably Justin Jefferson. Okay. I'd go another receiver, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. That's interesting. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is a beast. Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Like Nick Chubb's been really good. All would be up there. How about MVP? This point in the season is it between Lamar and Josh Allen. You know, I'm looking. Or is at, it Patrick I'm, Mahomes? I'm looking at the stats here. Defensive Player of the Year. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision here. Mm. I'm gonna give it to Roquan Smith. Okay. Okay. Sure. He's got an interception. He's got okay. two passes defensed. All right. He's got tackles for loss. He's that's, got sacks. That's he one game the NFL for, in totals. That's one game for Ivan Pace. Or in total tackles. Yeah, well, we're not talking about the freaking American Athletic Conference. Allen, Jackson, Mahomes. Who's your MVP? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Oh, gosh. Yeah, forgot about him. Yeah, of course you did. His numbers aren't. What do you mean his numbers aren't? He's fifth in the NFL in passing. Over Lamar? Allen or Mahomes? Yes. You're, you've lost your, your mind. Dude, this guy is throwing for 280 yards a game. He's got um, – he's completing 66% of his passes, 1,100 yards, 9.1 yards per attempt. These are Burroughs numbers from last year. Mm. And, oh, by the way, on the ground, he's very good as well. Mm. Okay. Jalen Hurts. He'd be just out of my top five. Jalen Hurts has better numbers than Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr? Matt Stafford. Kirk Cousins? Listen to the names you're saying. Can you name the top five quarterbacks in the NFL statistically from a yardage standpoint? Mahomes? No. He should be. Mahomes Herbert. is sixth. Herbert is number Allen. one. Josh Allen is number two. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is number three. I don't know anyone else. Matt Ryan that. is number four. Jesus. Even though he's fumbled like a thousand Yikes. times. Yikes. Jalen Hurts. All right. What about for the Bengals? MVP right now. MVP right now, Logan Wilson. Okay. Defensive player, DJ Reader. Okay. Offensively? Offensive player, T. Higgins. Joe Mixon. Huh? No. What? Huh? Coach of the year for the Bengals. Uh, Luana Rumo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say their offensive coordinator is pretty good as well. What was that? That's Taryn yawning. Ter- I was Taryn yawning? Yeah, that was that noise. Unbelievable. Taryn loves to pull a Chad Brendel. Like oh, he just yeah. comes in here while I'm on He's the air just and just starts there. making a bunch of noise. Yep. Yeah. Looking deep into your he eyes. He has like a Kroger bag. He's usually playing uh, the beat mm. on his phone when he walks in. Mm. 1023 The Beat. Yeah. Home of DJ the Taryn Bland on the weekends. By the way, Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in receiving 477. we got to get to a break like now. That's right. Mo Egger's back with us. Yeah. Cincy 360, a service of our friends at Cincy Shirts on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. It's time for Cincy 360 Quick Hits on ESPN 1530. All right, we're back. Cincy 360 after that short break there. Uh, Very a quick. service of our friends at Cincy Shirts. <laughs> uh, so basically, what, we have a minute here? We got to get to another one of those? Um, All right, a, time uh, for locks of the night. Yeah, this is a service of Cincy Shirts. Mo Egger is in here. Uh, Mo, what's coming up? On your uh, radio show this afternoon from three to six, other you know, than checking in with me, I've well, we're going to check in with you often. Yeah, from uh, the B Dubs and Blue Ash. Yeah, right there, going down. I've, I've heard a lot about how well the Bengals got to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson. Mm. No, they don't. Baltimore has to figure out how to stop Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that recently. I haven't mm. done that recently. By the way, can we stop saying that the Bengals 
ran up the score on the Ravens last year. Yeah, I'm they done. did not. They were leading in that second game by 13 points, 10 minutes to go, and they scored a touchdown to go up 20. Yeah. You're up 13 points. Ravens fans should know this. Yeah. You're up 13 points early in the fourth quarter. 13, 17, nothing the, safe. The idea is to put the game away. The Bengals did. Yes. Take in the notes. first game, Cincinnati's last touchdown came on a second and 12 run by C, uh, Samaj P. Ryan. He ran 46 yards because the Ravens couldn't tackle him. They did not run up the score in the Baltimore Ravens last year. They had fun Correct. pummeling the Baltimore Ravens. So did I. They did not run up the score on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's pass defense stinks. Yeah. This is the game where Joe Burrow get and this right. offense get going. Coming off the mini-buy, get right this week. Um, Bobby Wagner's getting sued. Why? That's what I said. Why? It's like that story of like the burglar that fell through the roof and hurt his leg and then sued mm-hmm. because he got hurt or something. Yeah. What are we like? Bobby Wagner said it best. How am I supposed to know if that guy's got something in his pocket? One hundred percent. In this right. day and age, dude. Sorry. In this day and age, right? You, uh, you, we we have. And people, he took it easy on him. Tally. We, have, he could pe- have, hit we him. have people going into movie theaters and schools and churches shooting people. Yeah. I'm just supposed to assume this Let's dude's just harmless. Let this guy run. Uh, uh-uh, man. Correct. Sorry. No way. Uh, hundred losses was clinched yesterday, in about it the way you'd expect a hundred loss season to be clinched. I dominating fashion. Don't have many things in my life. That I regret. Mm. So when I'm on my deathbed, yeah, I'm not really going to lay there and go, God, I wish I would have done this differently, or I wish I could take this back. Mm. Except when I'm on my deathbed, if you say to me, Mo, what do you wish you could do over? I am going to talk about all the times I spent watching Joe Kunal pitch. Mm. Has there ever been a bigger mascot for a 100-loss team than Joe Kunal? Not that I'm aware of. So it was appropriate that he was the dude out there getting shelled by the Cubs during loss 100. You need one out to save your life, Joe Kunal or J.J. Hoover. J.J. Hoover easily. (laughs) Anybody in this building easily. Joe Kunal. If Joe Kunal is on the Reds next year, you know they're not trying. What about that guy that uh, kept going back and forth from Louisville last year? What was that guy's name? Oh, CNL Perez. CNL Perez. Yeah. CNL Perez Expressway. <laughs> Joel Kunal. Uh, playoffs are set, though. Joel. Who do you like out of uh, the American and National League? Well, I think the easy answers uh, for a lot of people are going to be the teams with the best record, the Dodgers and uh, and the Astros. Uh, I'm rooting for the Astros. I want Dusty Baker to win the World Series. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm over the whole sign-stealing thing. Many of the particulars are gone. I'm rooting for Dusty. I like the Atlanta Braves. Love how they played over the final six weeks of the season. Balanced offense. Wow. Um, I, I think there's some questions about LA's uh, bullpen. Yeah. Bullpens are premium here. Now, look, I, I, I'm i divided on this playoff format. I hate what it's done for the regular season. I love what it's done for the postseason. Yes. I love that there's clear advantages to the teams that had the best records during the season. And so LA is going to benefit from that. Uh, Atlanta can benefit from that. Houston is going to benefit from that. I think we get a rematch. I think we get Atlanta-Houston in the World Series this year. That's what I said. Too. That Astros oh. team is great at preventing runs. I want to see Dusty get it. I do. That's, I, I'm, I'm with you in the same spot. I want to see – I mean – Let the Mariners win. I think the Mariners uh, Blue Jays series. Mm-hmm. I like it. Luis I like Cat- Luis Castillo on the mound. Gets the ball game one. Philly could be dangerous if Bryce Harper and Castellanos and – um, and Schwarber. Schwarber, he's from here. He's from Middletown. Yeah. yeah, the lineup is still stacked. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's inter- I think it's going to be interesting to see how full the ballparks are this weekend. Yeah. Because people are making a big deal about Cleveland, the Guardians, right? Um, 
the support for that team in recent years, as good as they've been, has been kind of tepid. They've traded away a lot of A-listers. Terry Francona's a Hall of Fame manager. But I think it's going to be interesting. Like, the the National League and American League Division Series in recent years, there have been games that didn't sell out. Mm -hmm. Well, this is another layer of playoffs removed from the end. So if you are a Toronto Blue Jays fan, or if you're a, a, a fan of the, the Cleveland Guardians, and you uh, you have a chance to go watch your team play now, or if you think they're going to advance a few rounds, are you holding on to your money right. for later rounds, like the League Championship Series or perhaps the World Series? I'm interested in how fans in the cities that are hosting these games react when it comes to buying tickets. Yeah. Um, Wednesday night football last night, it Boy, looked, we, we it looked rough one. for a half, yeah. and then SMU, like they've already done in their season, quit in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin's gone. I don't know if you know Isaiah Bowser. He yeah. went to Sydney. Mm-hmm. He's from Sydney. He had three I'm, touchdowns last night. Watching either of those games last night, do, do either of those teams strike fear that the Bearcats have to go there and play? Not fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not fear. Why would I be no. afraid? Nothing I saw last night would Gus would alarm me. What, what what's what's our guy whispering under his breath? You think he said the Gus bus? Yeah. Um, Gus bus. UCF is good. I oh. think. Watch are out. they? Watch out. Are oh. they? They lost to Louisville. Oh. At home. Oh. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't? <laughs> nope. It's a pretty good barometer. Just watch out. Louisville's the worst team in the I'm ACC saying. right now. Louisville is the worst team in the ACC right now. Uh, no, there's nobody in this league that I fear. The toughest game, I think, on the schedule is still the UCF game. Yes. Like, if you were to say, of what's left on the schedule, what is the game they're most likely to lose? Mm-hmm. I'd say UCF. Huh. But are they? No. Austin, are they losing to UCF? There's uh, a better chance than them not losing. Bowser's going to meet pace in there's that game. There's a better chance oh, of them goodness. losing to UCF than them not than losing? Than losing the other games. Oh, so you just agree with what Mo said. I said so at the beginning of the year. You literally just agreed with what I said. Yes, yes. I said just say, the, Mo, you were right. I, I said at the beginning of the year that would be the toughest game for you. Okay. Yeah, I still think it's the toughest. It's not one that I fear. It is interesting. I looked at this this morning. If you look at ESPN's matchup predictor for oh. that game, mm. they give UCF a 55% chance of winning. Can't mm. wait for that one. You have the best defensive front in the country. Um I don't know how UCF is going to score against the Bearcats. Right. Now, the Bearcats could shrink the margin by making a billion penalties, which mm-hmm. is or, or committing a billion penalties, helmet's which coming off. they have. The helmets coming off has not been a thing since week one. Um, they got to get past homecoming in South Florida this weekend. USF first. is dreadful. Yes. Uh, let's get a lock of the night in. Hey, degenerates. It's time for Locks of the Night presented by Cincy Shirts. Visit either of their two stores, downtown or in Hyde Park. Check them out anytime at CincyShirts.com and follow them on Twitter at CincyShirts. Now, let's make you some money. I do think that Tulane game at the end of the season could be a little sneaky. Okay. <laughs> um, Thursday night football tonight. They're not losing to Tulane. No Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> no. The line hasn't moved as much as I thought when that was mm. announced. Uh, Russell Wilson, 29-11 and 11 in primetime. Yeah. That's this right. Colts pass defense stinks. I think Denver gets right and they cover the number tonight. We have two brutal offenses. <laughs> I'm going to go under 42, Denver, Indianapolis tonight. No Jonathan Taylor. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are better without him. They upgraded a quarterback with Geno Smith. I'm going under Indy, Denver, Melvin Gordon, under 50 because he can't hang on to the football. And former Bearcat Mike Boone is going to get his carries. I'm going to go Alec Pierce. Over 30 and a half yards. Okay. And I think I like the Mo Alley Cox over as well, which Ooh. is only 17 and a half. Mo Alley Cox is, he's fun. Yeah. 
Let me give you, you this too. Court with we talk Jakes. about leans all the time. Mm-hmm. The uh, Kentucky spread was like 10, 10 and a half yeah. at home against South Carolina. Will Levis didn't practice yesterday. Right. That number has come down to six. Hmm. I like Kentucky at home against South Carolina. Hmm. If you can get it at six, get it now. Pretty good call right there. What I try to do? Cats laying 27 and a half. I don't care. Lay it. At home. Lay it. <laughs> Everything else. Mo, I'll be at uh, I'll be at the BW3s right here on Glendale Milford. It's B-dubs. I've got Not a BW3s. banner. You got a, you got your banner with you? Yep. I want to see a picture of the banner. A banner in the booth. Okay. A banner in a booth. And that's about it. Mo, I'll talk to you soon. Don't Have a great your show. wallet, Tony. I can't. <laughs> Mo, I look forward to talking to you and catching up. Uh, in you, the four and five o'clock hour in St. Louis, you could buy a ticket to Game One of that series tomorrow for twelve bucks. Let's go! Or you could Venmo Tony twelve bucks. He's going to need it. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, thanks to. Uh, <laughs> but it'll go a long way during happy hour at Beat Up. Yes, buy one get one free Thursday boneless wings. Thanks to uh, thanks to Sam Monson. Thanks to Justin Williams, Mo Egger, for joining us today. Uh, thanks to Austin for producing our callers, listeners, talkbackers. Cincy Shirts, Skyline Chili, Voke Energy, and Rides. Have a great <laughs> rest of your Thursday afternoon. How does Zach Polaris have like a 10-year career in Canada, but you just go to the NFL and then don't do fizzle anything? Out. I, don't, I don't get it. Just fizzled out. It, it was. It's just brutal. I like flowers. I like nature. When you do dumb stuff and it works, you keep doing dumb stuff. ESPN 15. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.